Part 4. The Mysteries of the Avium <laughs> Welcome everyone to Diefall Alderheart episode 22. Yes, that's right. I looked at this earlier. It's gotta be 22. Gotta be 22. Double, double 11. This show's been going on for a while. We did the, the math. I went and counted. This is now the second longest running show on the channel, which is incredible and weird and awesome all at the same time and i've been having a lot of fun with it so hopefully we can keep up the fun and have a good old time uh additionally we're also kind of getting up to the the last chapter of this story and uh, we might be wrapping up this current chapter this evening so we're gonna have to see how that goes um <clears throat> normally i like to warm up by talking to each of my my cast members here and Rob was just telling us a wonderful story. We were discussing customer service things and how nice it is sometimes when customer service people will like go out of their way to like really stick their neck out for you and really do cool stuff for you. Um, so since they've already told those stories, I don't want to rehash that, but I do want to show off something that is somewhat tangentially related because someone took time out of their busy schedule to get me this thick boy. Joel right also here. had a warrant out for his arrest. Cool. True. And uh, as a belated birthday gift, uh, Mage Hand Press sent me the Dark Matter Thick Boy book with the, the nice backer cover on it and stuff like that. And it's super slick. And if you guys were here back in the day when I did the review of this and we did a show with this and it was very cool and very fun. And uh, Vecna's in the chat right now too. So big thanks to Mage Hand Press for sending me this thing. But another story of someone going out of their way to brighten someone's day because that this really helped me out today so I, I super duper appreciate it it's also now the thickest book out of the dungeon and dragons things i have over there it is a it is beefy <laughs> so thank you very much guys for that um that being said as i go away from the microphone i love that i just did a bunch of visual stuff so this is really going to hit it off on like the podcast format of this show <clears throat> it's fine. You can look it up later. It's on my Twitter. But um, I've also been told that I do a bad job of letting people know where they can listen to this show, including the fact that it's a podcast, even though we've been doing it in an audio-only format for about a year now, because I just paid to re-up that. So, by the way, if you want to listen to the show, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, Diefall. That's all you have to do. It shows up. Leave a review or something, or hit the like I don't actually know how any of the things function on that, but you can listen to us at 2x speed, which is hilarious. So, really getting behind Lucky at 2x speed, especially during the Espresso episode, that's the jam. So there you go. Um, also, I'm monopolizing a lot of the time right here, but we've actually been re-upped for our sponsor with Start Playing, so that's really cool. So if you're interested in finding a, a professional GM, you can go to uh, startplaying.games slash you slash diefall, or you can click on the link right here in the chat or below the show right now on Twitch. Uh, and you can find yourself a professional GM to run your favorite TTRPG today. I personally am running Humblewood games. If you would like to play a Humblewood game based in the universe that we have done here, all of the effects of this party in play, 
including the destruction and saving some things. All of this is in uh, the Alder Heart games that you can be playing in if you go to startplaying.games slash you slash diefall and, uh, and sign up there. So that's how that functions. And I hope you go check it out and at least make a, a little account and see what they've got going on. And big thank you to them for uh, sponsoring us for uh, another another month. It's very cool of them. Um, so Rob had his warrant out for arrest story. <clears throat> May, do you have a warrant out for your arrest story? If I do, I don't know about it. <laughs> That's probably the best way that that goes <laughs> until they show up at your door and you're under arrest. So that's that's good, just I a, guess. Just a spam call sell, telling me that I do. Yeah, that's that's good. chat. Don't um, numbers you don't recognize. Screen those. It's probably for the best, unless you're job hunting, which has like been a thing I've had to on the DL silently remember that I should probably pick up those numbers that I don't recognize. That's been something to remember. But normally people will leave you messages if they actually want to talk to you. So, yeah. So how about this then? I don't know if I've asked this question before and sometimes I ask random food related questions. <clears throat> Favorite topping on pizza, May? I'm gonna be extremely controversial here. Uh-huh. Pineapple. Perfect, I love it. I am in the camp that pineapple does indeed belong on pizza. I grew up with it's it. It's okay. Like my dad yeah. loves Hawaiian pizzas and he made them since I was a kid. So I was just always used to having that as a topping option. So when yep. I came to the internet and people are like, <laughs> I'm just like, what are you talking pizza. about? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Some savory I ham. Weird. Yeah, exactly. I was Spicy trying to be banana peppers. And I was like, I want pineapple on my pizza. And then it kind of took off from there. So are we all in agreement then? Does everyone think pineapple belongs on on pizza? Yeah, that's that's five people. Uh, people that you the can trust. The show. Yeah, people that you can trust, chat. <clears throat> there you go. Chat says, I don't like pineapple unless it's on pizza. Hey. Oh. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, okay, never mind. That gets that controversial one out of the way. So let's go with one that may be slightly less controversial. What place made the best pizza crust you've ever had? Pizza crust is very hit or miss in my experience. There was one that closed down, unfortunately, because he kept getting broken into a couple blocks away, but he would do like a garlic butter basting like on the crust before it like went in. So it was just like deliciously mm. garlicky. That's good. So that's a, that's like a private chain one. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Leslie, do you have a favorite pizza crust from a certain place? Um, I don't really. I'm, I'm usually the person who doesn't finish the crust. So, um, that's for me. <laughs> uh, the one place that I do remember being really into their crust is a place called Basil's back in Jackson. And they used to have like big brick oven pizza where they would throw their own dough. It was really like nice and almost like grainy because it was like that good, fresh, break baked dough. Uh, and then they moved very unfortunately into an overly gentrified neighborhood and they couldn't put in the brick oven that they had had at their previous business. Uh, and it ruined their pizza for me. So, wow. Yeah. It was one of those things that was like, wow, cool. I guess you wanted to move where the money's at, but nobody's eating your pizza anymore. So it's kind of crazy. Like how different the ovens make the pizza taste like a wood fire or like a brick oven can just yeah. really. Yeah, they had, at that point, once they moved, they were like, we don't have a big enough oven for, like, this level of pizza. So they had to, like, do really cheap Costco pizza dough in a fast flash oven as opposed to, like, a 
Rick Evans. It was like <laughs> trying to coast on their name alone rather than the quality of the pizza anymore. Yeah, that's tough. Yup. Yep. That's me. So Malaveth, what about you? Favorite pizza crust place? Yeah. Hey, you still work in a pizza place? Like a mom and pop okay. shop is my first job okay. when I was a youth. And, yeah. and we would make our own dough, like it was just fresh made there, right? And then we would make our own, because we had plenty of time, there were not enough customers coming in. There were hardly any ever, ever any customers. I don't know how they made money. It was probably very shady. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but get cheese from Wisconsin. We would make our own stuffed crust. We would do oh. like the garlicky butter stuff and then yeah. we would put some oregano on it and put some of that. They would fresh make their sausage and things there too. So, you know, I don't know, just experiment and put a bunch of different stuff. We would make calzones. We were very bored. We would throw pepperonis <laughs> at each other. That was fun. But the, the that sounds like a great job. It's like we're bored most of the time. So we experimented with making pizza. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good gig. It was I like great. that. Very Brought home cool. pizza every day for dinner. That's that, that was 16, wow. so I could do that. Yeah, that's true. Very <laughs> cool. Rob, do you have a favorite pizza crust from somewhere? Not the pizza I tried to make the other night. I almost oh. burned my house down. Um, oh. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I don't have a favorite. Okay, so I saw it. I'm going to sound like absolute trash, but I did see it in the chat, so I don't feel as bad. Mm -hmm. But there hasn't been a pizza hut near me in so long. And Pizza Hut stuffed crust is really good. <laughs> like, I think, like, Domino's has yeah. one, and it's just not as good, and their crust is really, really cardboardy and weird, and, oh. like, the seasoning's good, but the texture's weird. I don't oh. have a favorite crust other than, like, I don't know, but, like, I will... You ever have those habits that carry over from when you were, like, five to when you're, like, 28? Yeah. By chance? Like, weird eating habits? Mm -hmm. I... To May's point about dipping sauces, I dip pizza crust in soda. Like Whoa. to this day. And huh. I people I have to do it like in private because people look at me like I'm freaking insane. I feel like I'm doing that right now. But, but like the it soaks up the soda and like when you bite into it, it's really satisfying the carbonation and everything. Like just trust me. Like give it a shot. It's mm, not too long. Don't, it gets don't too let soggy. anybody don't let anybody judge you because half people in this chat will be like fries and frosties. So just don't. Also, yeah. fries and frosties are very good and awesome and dope. So you're right. You're absolutely. Thank you, Jackson. There you go. My yeah, hero. You but yes, you did it. Orange soda, Fanta, and pizza really? crust. Trust me. Tweet That's... at me that you did it. <laughs> and I won't I, feel dude, insane. I, I'm going to be honest. I'd be terrified of the result of that. Like, my, I don't. Thinking about it right now, it scares me to try that. No, it's it live a little, dude. dude I, I'm get a, a warrant out for your arrest, run out of gas on the road, get in Taco Bell. Like you got a apprehensive person. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very boring most of the time. Cause like, yeah. Well, you said so. I found that for Domino's. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually very particular to the franchise location that you get it from. Like the, so the one that delivers to my house mm -hmm. is actually really excellent. We got it delivered to Megan's new place. It was awful. It was like the pizza wasn't good. <laughs> it's like the the one thing that Lana and I have never been able like constant dispute between whether England Domino's is better or American Domino's is better. 
and we both disagree with each other. Theirs is mm. trash, but she thinks ours is trash. <laughs> Usually it's we win because we're fat over here. Right. But like yeah. it's just an even butting heads, but it's absolutely it's dominoes. How much how much different can it be? But no, you're absolutely right. It's right. actually yeah, it's significantly different. And we had never had that experience before because normally I just order at my place. And I was just like, that is so weird. It wasn't good. It just wasn't uh there's a chain then, here that it's like that too. It's like you don't order from like a couple spots in the city because you're not gonna have a good time. But other one, other places in the city, it's totally fine, really good. Totally fine. That's so interesting. I like that. It's well, I don't get it. You guys feel warmed up though? Pizza talk got you, you know, warm like you're out of the oven, <laughs> ready to get tomato sauce and cheese. I, you know, okay. <clears throat> let's now roll for recap, shall we? Let's uh, let's call, roll. Call some me later, dude. D20. <laughs> Yeah, get some tomato sauce and cheese. I love how we're all like, I'm totally ready. And I looked over and I was like, I don't even have this page open that we <laughs> use. Great. I couldn't all remember good. what the name of Roll20 was for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. What is, how do for you those spell guys that don't this? Know, I am a cruel and unusual DM and I make them roll a D20 at the beginning of every show to see who has to recap the last one. Luckily, our last show was actually last week. So anyone that gets closest to my roll d20 gets to recap the show <clears throat> let's see so we've got a 15 uh a 16 a 10 and a 19 from dagonet good looking out dagonet i like that i like that and that's a 10 which is bang on with maliveth and pez which i think had to do it last week if i remember correctly oh man yeah. man die rolls are great so pez what happened on episode 21 of this show? I haven't had to do it in forever. Now I have to do it twice. Mm. I forget. Okay. <laughs> I will help fill any of the plot holes. Don't worry. You got this. Well, we were gonna steal. Tank borrow. We're gonna borrow the journal that 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 Glinda had on her desk because we needed to know no more secrets. We're investigating, and that seemed like a thing we should investigate. So so Lucky, being all swift and Phoebe and stuff, went off and got the got the notebook. No problem. Came back. Nothing terrible happened. Everything was super successful. It was great. Uh, and 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 then and then and then. Ooh, did we, oh, I think we went to go talk to the uh, divination, divination instructor. That's what we did. We went and talked to the divination instructor, Cor Corbin, Corbin guy. He's got a crush on Glinda. Is it's exciting. And, 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 and they said stuff about doom and gloom and nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, right? Normal stuff, normal, normal doom stuff, bone stuff mystery stuff mm -hmm. uh, and and then and then and then what we do oh and ooh, um there's hmm. we we oh. went oh i mean we we went we went to the plant place there was a there was a thing with plants to do some investment there was a note there was a note a note happened to tell us to go to the plant place so we went there and then and then bones but moose bones they got real mad we were chanting Ooh, we were chanting, moose bones, fought him. Destroyed the moose bones, because we're very strong, very powerful, and no one can stop us. And then, and then, and then, the, the, there was, there was, a, there was, a, there was a person that ran off, lucky, lucky gave chase. They got away, though, 
and 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 now we're gonna sleep in the plant place in the terrarium floaty terrarium plant place right yeah i mean that's close enough i'll take it yeah so investigating was done uh followed up on the the last of the leads um <clears throat> which led you to the divination instructor uh and he had some interesting foretellings going on uh lucky also decided to scale the outside of the avium and break in to uh glinda nightseed's office and steal their diary which was something uh <laughs> after some interesting roles happened there um but yeah you guys received a note while you were going through glinda's notes uh you received a a, a letter underneath your door that said to come to um Basically, the, the bio-research dome, right, uh, where a bunch of these magically grown trees are, and a museum exists showing the history, the natural history of Humblewood uh, and the, the world thereover. And you were attacked by reanimated uh, moose skeletons. It uh, it went well, all things considered. Dagonet took probably the worst of the hits there, but Lucky jumped on top of one and pried off its head. So that was impressive. Uh, and of note, a Corvum in purple robes was seen fleeing the area and jumping off the edge of the platform because all of these uh, domes are on rotating platforms outside of the avium, so they're all very high up in the air, gliding out of view, and a, uh, a parchment was left behind, a spell scroll, uh, reeking of necromantic energy. Pez unable to decipher exactly what that is. Well, it's okay, but it is very clear because it does contain... Uh, the markings of the lower library. The party has pieced some of the things together here, and if I remember correctly, had decided that if they needed to go somewhere, it's probably back to the lower library, because everything is pointing them there. Now, they do have some suspicions with some of the other leads that they've had so far on who may be at uh, behind all of this, or multiple people that may be behind all of this. Uh, but I think that about sums up where we're at. So, you guys decided to, after someone knew where your sleeping quarters were, or sent you a threatening letter, and seemed to have a trap set up for you upon arrival, to remain up on the dome and camp out under the stars there. Uh, very smartly bringing all of your gear on this one particular trip because it has been shown that the avial may not be the safest place in the world. So, I think we find ourselves with you guys having fully rested the evening. I don't think you would come across any particular disturbances in any way. So, go ahead and remark your uh, spells all the way back up and your hit points are up. And if you had used any hit die, go ahead and give yourself half your level back. Um... And yeah, you guys are up and ready for the day as well as you can be. So, Eli, do we find you preparing breakfast as is your usual when you're out on the road? Or do you just get everyone up and try and head inside to the, the cafeteria area? Um, I definitely think that I would uh, encourage people to go to the cafeteria so as not to... Uh, as they say in the industry, dilly-dally. Okay. Yeah. Eli's um, still pretty serious, and I know mechanically he has to sleep, but he probably didn't sleep very well. Um, sure. 
and yeah, I don't think it's going to be a heartwarming Eli breakfast this morning. All right. So it seems, Party, that Eli is uh, ready to get to work. That maybe he's roused you all from whatever state of slumber that you're in. Um, and you're all getting ready for the day. Dagonet will take you some time to get some of your armor back on and pieces of that thereof. But other than that, what would you guys like to do? Where are we going to go first? Well, I uh, suppose we get something uh, uh, to eat. You know, we don't really want to uh, uh, rouse suspicion uh, if we uh, are not there at uh, the breakfast. You know, <clears throat> you know, I know Eli uh, wants to, to get there, uh, you know, at a, a proper time, so... Yeah, at least, uh, you know, a bite of it before we go to uh, the library. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to go down there at a, on an empty uh, stomach, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Uh, <laughs> forgive me for not cooking anything, guys. I just, I don't know. Uh, this I mean, has this... me all out of sorts. I think this forest is preserved in some way anyways, so if you light anything on fire, they might get me in trouble. So yeah, that is a good point. Dagonet, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, nothing uh, that a little night uh, uh, night sleep uh, couldn't take care of. Uh, you know, that uh, might have to repair a little things, but uh, I'm okay. But, uh, an experience I won't want to uh, repeat, but, you know, uh, we're good. Fair enough. Good to see you on your feet again. And uh, is there is there any like minor damage to Dagonet's armor that like mending would fix? Um, the impact point of the the horn from the I, I, I believe they were like elk, not moose. Mm -hmm. I probably yeah. misspoke. Um, is probably small enough that mending would work on it. Yeah, yeah, I think it was know. deep, not wide, right? Yeah, so yeah. Puncture point was. Yeah, I think yeah, Eli would like to. would cast mending real quick and just sort of help him out with that. Yeah. Oh, oh, merci. That, uh, you know, save some time and uh, I don't have to worry about having a, a vulnerable spot till we had it fixed in the in other hut. Yeah, I'm not a blacksmith, but hopefully that'll help a little bit. Oh, it helps a lot. Uh, it's good. Right. Oh, magic. If anybody wants me to dig a hole, I'm here. <laughs> Forgot that that was a thing. Oh, goodness. Okay. I mean, we, st we still do have somebody in particular's diary in case you want to bury that, you know. Put it in the ground using your magic. So what if we get caught with what if we caught with it, you guys? I, I oh. couldn't sleep very much because I was worried about having her book still. I think we were saying that the fellow that attacked us here maybe dropped it, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be willing to look over at these lovely plants if we wanted to, uh, say, bury it. It's up to y'all. I think either way. He's gonna eyeball over it as 
I'm going to dig a hole. <laughs> My time has come. Uh -huh. Yes. Stand back. This is what Watch you want. <laughs> Do you dig your f five by five cube of dirt? Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Wait, is it a five by five cube? Yep. So your spell is literally holes, the book. Yes. Yep. I love it. I love yes. it. <laughs> and, and because it is loose earth, it is quickly and immediately excavated and can be moved to an adjacent five foot area. Uh, so there you go. The hole, after a small song from Pez's plate, is made instantaneously. Behold. Like he just kind of like <laughs> tosses it into the. <laughs> no. And it, it lands with a down at the bottom. Some dirt is flung up. And with that spell, you can move that dirt back, I believe. So you move the dirt back, and that hole is now filled. It does look not like what it did before, but you know, it, someone would have to really dig down there to see if anything was there. Our job here is done. All right, let's get some breakfast. Breakfast in the library. I think so. That place is stinky and I don't like it. Should we bring snacks down there? Maybe and make it better. It wouldn't hurt. Uh, we also don't know how long uh, we might be down there, so might as well uh, pack snacks just in case. Yeah. Anyway. Well, lucky for you guys, the uh, rotation of this dome is going to connect to the nearest bridge in roughly two minutes. Wow, perfect timing for that too. So you guys can make your way across and back to the tower proper of the Avium, uh, heading back inside to where most of the action is in the area. Um, you head in and you go to the main cafeteria and you kind of make a little bit of a ruckus because you're all armed and armored heavily. Uh, most of you are carrying either multiple blades, some ranged weapons. One of you's got an entire suit of armor on with a helmet that has a very large feather on top of it. Kind of, you're, you're also very tall, Dagonese. You're probably hitting every doorway and hallway that you're going through. The feather just brushes back on it. Um, yeah, what you're carrying a quarterstaff and a spear. There's a lot of things going on here. Uh, so you clang your way summarily into the cafeteria and try to find yourself a little bit of food. Uh, the hush that comes over the students is noticeable, but they do resume talking a little bit, but it's pretty clear that they are in hushed tones discussing what the heroes of Alderheart are doing with so many weapons and armor on. He's just gonna kind of shuffle to the the, the buffet line. Uh, what we got today over here? <laughs> just not even. You can, yeah. It's fine. It is what food. You notice it is magically created Belgian waffles day, mm -hmm. which is great, and they're perfectly crisp on the outside and light and fluffy on the inside. And they have assortment of different types of syrups for you to try, as well as you know whatever butter you might want and or need. 
like he definitely gets a waffle and then goes to the syrup bar and does that thing that kids do at Mazio's where they get all the flavors in one cup, but it's all the syrup types on one waffle. Just like, <laughs> exactly. Just like, oh my, cool. Really excited about this. <laughs> Excellent. Everyone else get a waffle as well. Load up on things. There's also plenty of like bacon and sausage and otherwise available, but I just thought waffles would be fun because yeah. I kind of want one. Um, so you sit down and you you have some food. Is there anything that you guys would like to discuss here? Or is it going to be a quick meal and then down to the library? Imagine with everyone staring, we wouldn't have much of a private conversation. <laughs> well, you are given space. Uh, there is a level of respect slash fear from the students given um so you you do have some privacy uh, afforded to you if you were to you know speak in kind of hushed tones the the cacophony of other people talking would drown out any conversation that you were probably willing to have if we scan the room do we see kevin you're looking for kevin only perception check sweet uh perception Uh, a five. I think it's just because you don't see him in the room. You just, if he's there, you feel like you search pretty well. Like kind of giving him a little once over mm. there. There's no large stack of books anywhere, so Kevin's probably not here. <laughs> We'd run into Kevin at, again. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been like two days at some point. Pretty much have defined his popularity amongst, I imagine, amongst these walls with hanging out with the Piz, you know, right? I feel like we owe him. I don't think we ever really did anything that we said we were gonna do, like talk to the dean or anything. Maybe, oh yeah, I maybe. wonder if he got in big trouble. Mm, maybe we should look into that at some point, eventually. Did when did you say that you were going to uh, speak to the the dean? It wasn't that uh, long ago, was it? Uh, yeah, we told him on the way to bringing him from the cafeteria that night to the library that we would talk to the dean about him missing his night course, I believe, that night, and uh, maybe needing some time away from his studies that night, so um, maybe we should make sure we see the dean at some point today on all factors at hand, you know? Because I don't want that kid to get in trouble. I mean, he, he le legitimately saved all of our lives. Don't tell him I said that, please, please, please. But still. You know. should, we, should we do that before going down to the spooky library? Maybe? I don't know. Is it like on the way? <sighs> I can't remember where his office is. Uh, it's a bit upstairs from here. Mm. Uh... Magical elevators, though, could swiftly take you to any location. I also don't know how the Dean would react to us... Uh being armed as we are right now. Well, I don't have to go into the room at all of uh, um, the most I mean, obvious. Uh, if we explain to him the fact that we got attacked by, you know, reanimated elk bones last night, then maybe he can be quiet about us having toy armor and weapons, because, again, if we didn't have that, we would have our butts handed to us, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I know he wants to reduce the idea of panic, but like, 
I don't want to die either, you know? Not really on my, like, schedule right now. Yeah. Well, it's up to y'all. I think we should get down to the library as soon as possible, personally. But, you know, group well, decision. Uh, I, I think we're the... We'll probably reach him uh, probably fairly quickly. Uh, if uh, the students have anything uh, anything to uh, say about it. Uh. Speaking of wood, we can quickly to people. Have you guys seen people be using these? Like he points at our little like access pin things that we were given. You guys seen people using these to like communicate? I wonder if we can use that. I don't know. I haven't tested it. I hope they're not listening to us this whole time. Kind of creepy. Uh, I don't know that ours do that. I think it's just the faculty. I don't know right. about listening, though. Do we develop hand signals? You know? Like library? Oh. Principal? I don't know. What do you think? I don't think it's a bad idea. Alright some time we can try you want me to get you five more waffles is that what you're saying i got you up there back <laughs> i said i really want to go to the library but i'm not gonna argue <laughs> with more waffles the ones that come back are covered in blueberries hey well all right all right five more minutes that's fine i think we well, can quickly finish your waffles <laughs> i think we can definitely go to the library first i mean we gotta report back to the dean what we find anyways, either way, you know. Oh. Caught, I'm caught back. Horse behind the car, in front of the car. You know what I'm saying. That's saying. But a horse in a cart, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're a tank, man. You can eat like six, six waffles. I'm surprised. You gotta teach me how to do that one day. Uh, years of being. Maybe a little bit overweight for my age. You look fine. You're healthy. Yeah, no. Great. Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> and Lucky like chugs the last bit of his like I guess coffee if we're there. She's like, hey. You found out that they have somehow acquired espresso in the last week. Yes. He's like elbows over Wait. at the copper machine, I guess, in the corners. Is that, mm -hmm. machine? Is, that, is that the same thing that shop guy had? It's open for anyone to use. Lucky? I think I think we definitely need some today. A lot of courage in that cup, you know? Right, 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 right. It can only help. Nothing can right. go wrong. I wonder if they have, like, some containers we could bring with us? Of this? Like a do you guys go over to the machine where all the cups and things are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty clear that these are, like, just the standard cups that you've seen people utilize, and they take them out of the, the cafeteria all the time, and these servitor skeletons will eventually uh, pick them up and return them if they're left in certain places around the avium. I'm, I'm going to get some. Do you want to get some, this? Absolutely. You first go go get as much as you can, and then I'll get as much as I can, and then and then we'll bring as much as we can for for Dagon and for Eli. Uh, and... I guess I assume we've already like kind of started walking over the machine, but Lucky's gonna look back at Eli and Dagon and be like, "You want you want some with the espresso? You want it? We all trying to ask." <laughs> uh, 
Is he worried about uh, telling secrets? No. Uh, uh, we'll get one for the we'll get one for the for both of them anyways. Let's let's just. Even if they say they don't want it, they want it. It's great. They don't even know what they're missing. <laughs> we'll make. I'll make a cup or tiny the tiny espresso cup for me, and then one for Eli and Dagonet. And try to carry all three of them like uh there's uh small to go platters nice all right you got yours Pez? do they have bigger cups up here somewhere to carry stuff in like a liquid hot liquid uh i mean this pot i think there might be some tea mugs over on that side with the teas how about like a flagon? A breakfast flagon? I don't know, I haven't seen a bar here, like at the Avium. I'm not really sure it's within the, these walls. Uh, we can ask somebody, is there like, I mean, yeah, I, I think, oh, okay. I don't, I don't want to bother anybody. We should probably do some stuff. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go grab two teacups. That's All right. I'll see you back at the table then. There's sugar over there. Remember how it was so good with the sugar last time? Right over there. Yes. Yeah. You do somewhat note that the students are studying this behavior rather closely <laughs> as you make your way back and forth to the espresso machine with many, many cups. Great. Like he like, sits down at the table with his, like, the cups prepared for everybody. Yeah, right, this one's you. Dagon, I couldn't tell if you said yes or no, but I got you one anyways. Um... Uh, it's delicious, you know. And he just like immediately like chugs all of his ready to go. All right. Damn it. Go for it. Try you gonna try it out? Try it out. No pressure though, but it means it's it I suppose uh, that doesn't hurt. Uh, uh. No. Take a sip. <clears throat> it's uh, a bit bitter. Oh, try to put some sugar in there, but you know, you may know how much sugar people are gonna want. Stuff. Put some sugar in this one if you want to try. You want to try this one? Are they like one of those little caddies of sugar on the table kind of thing? Yeah, sure. You just like it's a magical place. Shoves it over. Like, eventually, just try some of that, and that's pretty good. Oh, I'll, I'll take your word. You'll kind of try and sweeten it up. So a little bitter. Or... I suppose uh, just an acquired taste, I I, I think. But uh, yeah. Lucky's probably already like furiously nodding at you. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His little foot's probably already tapping the ground. Yeah. So who who drinks at least one cup of the espresso? Lucky has Eli Dagonet. Do you? Or you you hold off? You only get through half. You get through half. Okay. Those of you that have one full cup here, uh, for 30 minutes on one particular task, you can have advantage. Eli drinks five. <laughs> for 30 minutes, one task. So treat it as having one advantage die for the next 30 minutes on a skill check. Told you it was pretty great, right? Man, we should get to the library. We should probably go. Do we have to put our dishes away? 
I can't remember if we did that last time or not. Do we put it just right here? As you say that, a skeleton servitor walks by and begins collecting the dishes directly off the table. Oh, yes. Gaspard's trousers. Jeez. Look, he's going to, like, try to, like, wave his hand in front of this servitor's face and be like, do you really think it doesn't, like, react with anything? Its hollow eye sockets do turn and face you. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you for clearing our dishes. Roll me an insight check. Yeah. <laughs> Boop. The nine. The nine. Could swear that it just nodded at you. Did you guys, did you guys see that? You guys see it? Is he to think it? I mean, maybe it was a little hiccup, but maybe it was an actual nod. You know what? It... And they did used to be uh, people here, uh, teachers and everything. Could be a remnant of. I'm not sure how necromancy works, but it could be a remnant of their souls. Or the the professor's doing. Mm. I don't know. Now I feel majorly. I mean, I'm. Not really a bath kind of person, but now I feel majorly more uncomfortable at the fact that they were in there in the bathroom with us and we were having the bath. Yeah, probably not best to think about it. Are they supposed to be that way? I don't... That's weird. I wonder if these students kind of know that maybe... No? I don't know. I don't know. We should bring that up to the Dean, too. They might have a class on them in an upper year, but uh, I don't see why they might just be used to be like, oh, yeah, the, you know, I don't know how much they would uh, know. I bet we're not the first ones to get a feeling of being watched or understood by these guys. Maybe if we have time, we could ask around to some students. Maybe we could ask Kevin. We could find him. Say, hey, thanks for saving our behinds. Also, do the servitors freak you out? You know? Right? We could just, like, elbows, Pez. We could just have Pez, like, sing a song about Kevin. He'll show up, I'm sure. We have time? I'm ready. I can, I can <laughs> sing so many songs right now. We get, we get, we get, ooh, are there like fast, fast morning breakfast songs? Get everybody, everybody hyped up. Uh, like, it's gonna look at Eli. Do it. Do we have time? Do we, do we want to do this right now? You have time? Okay, let's go. Cool. <laughs> Eli was so <laughs> in a rush. And I was just like, it's all right, ah, yeah, dude. I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. So ready. Well, I was just saying, I tried to keep an eye out for Kevin while we were here, but if maybe if you sang a song about Kevin, he would show up. And then we can ask him about the servitors, but we could also, you know, say thanks for, you know, saving our butts. I'm did, you my... did you write any lyrics about Kevin? Absolutely not, but we can make it up on the fly. It is I a true test of skill. <laughs> I'm going to whip out my instrument. I'm just going to do it. You're going to pull out your instruments and you're going to play a song about Kevin. Is that the plan? Yep. To a room full of people where Kevin may not be. Yep. 
I'd love to hear it. Please roll me a performance check to see how well this improvisation goes off about Kevin. I'm gonna use my The wizard apprentice that uh, saved your butts. A 16. For an improvised performance from anyone else, comes off as being previously written. Pez is quite skillful. Uh, most people in the room at hearing you just start playing a random tune, I think some over in the immediate area notice that you take out your instruments and start playing something and singing something. Uh, but it takes a couple seconds for the rest of the room to realize. But by the middle portion of the song, the second verse, everyone is clapping along and enjoying themselves rather nicely. You don't get the feeling that they understand who this Kevin is. Uh, you don't really have a last name to go with this. And the story about Kevin and what do you sing about him? It's coming and he's super brave and it's fire stuff and boop 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 gets guys it was great. Yeah, I think it's too generic that they kind of just think it's a story about an apprentice wizard, which is how it comes off and one that is rather successful and helps heroes. But there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of immediate correlation with Kevin that you know. Gotta find your inner Kevin. They all clap. <laughs> Politely, some of them cheering a little bit, and you hear some of them advice like, Yeah, I'm gonna get me another espresso and I'm gonna be Kevin today. Go forth, brave students. And so they do. Uh, it seems at this point, after you've sung to them, that they stop talking about you and start talking more about, you know, their days and back to the gossip of uh, the avium and have kind of ultimately ignored the fact that you're all armed and armored. Uh, the song has put them at ease. I don't know what that may have accomplished, but I feel like whatever it was, we did great. Go go team super neat hero people. Look at it. Well, it definitely uh definitely made them a little bit more comfortable with this. I mean, maybe we won't have uh the dean on our backs as we thought we might. Great performance as always, Pez. Nice thing to start the morning off with. Aw, you guys are just always such big inspiration. Yeah, it was really good. It almost made me actually miss Kevin. Wait, oh, come on, Lucky. He's a good kid. I wasn't saying he wasn't. You know, I'm just saying real close. Mm. Real close. Like, I thought yeah. fondly of him yeah. during that song. So, there you go. I mean, we, where'd you go? We go to the library now? Have yeah, we... I think we should. Okay. So you guys take the elevator down uh, to the, the first floor where the stairs lead down to the lower library. Uh, you don't really encounter anyone. People seem to be going about their days, going to classes, doing their studies, heading to the outer towers post-breakfast and some of the other uh, domes as well. So you make your way down into the lower library, and Eli, again, you note that, yeah, now you can hear it. As you leave the main portion of the tower and head underground, it does remind you that this place is somewhat magically silenced. Sound is dampened here. Vibrations seem to not shake as much as anywhere else. It's quiet and 
pleasantly temperatured. And as you go down, you find Mordain Swiftgale, the librarian, sitting behind his desk. Glasses sitting low on his beak as he reads through something in front of him. Like he's like peeking in. There he is. Do we just, do we just go ask him? Hey, have you been bringing Servitos to the library? Also, doing anything about any shadows or any elks or like what? What do we do? How do we do? How do we handle this? What do you guys think? Um, I don't know that I have the best rapport with this fella. Um. I'm willing to talk with him and keep him distracted, but I really think we should be digging around in um, the back shelves over there with those scrolls that he was cataloging the other day. I just, it's no coincidence that we keep coming across these scrolls at the scenes of all these attacks. Hmm. All right. I, I'll. I'll go. I don't think he likes me very much either. Plus, like, I'm gonna be honest with you, his slow speech right now would really like not go over easily for me. Uh, so, if you want to, we can go over and sneak over there and try to look around. If if you guys, what do you guys do? You guys want to distract or what? We can just say that uh, we've come to look for more information, and that's uh, we kind of know where we're going uh, at this this time. Yeah, to not interrupt his cataloging, mm -hmm. you know. Placate him, uh, say that, you know, we don't want to bother him in what he's doing today. Because we know how much of all that went lost him. Mm. Yeah. All right. Lucky already just shuffles off to where the scrolls are. <laughs> it's like, I'm not talking to that guy. <laughs> Yeah, lucky as you shuffle past, Mordain looks like, Oh, oh, good morning, heroes. Welcome back to the library. How may I help you? Uh, morning. We, uh, we're just coming back to do a little bit more research. We, uh, I think we know what we're looking for. So, don't want to interrupt you, uh, I know you're a busy man. Oh, that's kind of you. I do. And he gestures backwards to like this cart that is just laden with these scrolls. Some of them are just rolled up. Some of them seem to be in a little bit of disrepair. Some of them are all like in leather boxes. I do have a lot to catalog today. Hmm. Tell you what. I'll, uh... I'll give you a hand with a couple of those while my friends do some research. Oh, I... Oh, that's unnecessary. Uh, my cataloging is very particular and it would likely be faster for me to do it myself than to take the time to explain it to you. It's the least I can do. I think we got off on the wrong foot the other day, and, uh... Well, I found it very interesting, frankly. Interesting? Oh, of course. The I mean... 
knowledge. I mean, you've got shelves of it here. Uh, this, in our rush, maybe I kind of glossed over the fact that the college does have a wealth of information that's not only beneficial to us, but to the world as a whole. And so I think it would be a crime for me to not partake in a little bit of it. But that information is exactly why you shouldn't take the time to help me, but to help your friends to benefit the world at large. Yeah, but I mean, you are the venerable expert of this information. World at large is in the hands of my capable friends. I could use a break from uh, all that. Oh, oh. I have some insight. Roll me some insight. You're definitely studying his reaction here. I oh. see when you're trying to get a rise out of the man, right? So yeah. let's see. Let's see what you can pick up just okay. based on the conversation. His picture was up when I opened roll twenty. It'll Remember, you will be face. Oh, I know. I have advantage. <laughs> I did bring up the face. So chat, if you didn't know who Mordain Swiftgale was, this is oh, him. God, uh, he is a strig. Uh, not a not a corvum as was asked in chat there. Um, it's a nine. Did you want this? Yeah, use your uh, advantage I on did. this one. Okay, something's off. He seems uncomfortable, but you can't really put your finger on which portion of that is. It could be just because he doesn't want someone who doesn't understand the cataloging system slowing him down, like he says. Or, well, Eli has his suspicions. So, nothing definitive comes out of this. Well, um, sure, okay. I was going to wait until after I finished my cup of tea, but you're right, you're here now, and an extra set of paws is always good to help. He closes his book, and he picks up the uh, cataloging journal that you guys had previously looked at and gone through at one point in time where it all kind of came down to some kind of Mordain Swift Gale Rain Man Swift Scratch all over the place and it's very hard to figure out but he does pick it up picks up a quill he takes the cart and he says well follow me then and he walks away down to the opposite side of uh, where you guys are generally seated for your study. So the rest of the party, what are you doing here as Eli is walking away? I guess walking farther to the back of the yep. library. Headed back to where the, the scrolls and stuff were, which is what he had been cataloging the night we had been attacked, I think. So. Okay, so somewhat in this... So Right, so you want to go to where the scrolls were when you guys were attacked that he was cataloging? Is that the plan with that? Okay. Yeah, because that's so kind of the musty dark side we haven't really been to, correct? Am I correct, party, right? Yeah, you haven't really explored that side. Everything else seemed to be on this kind of like better, well-lit side of the of the library. I don't, um, I don't remember exactly where it was, but what I was referring to was when I went back and was like pressing him about what he was doing, mm -hmm. and I was yes. with the dean, I think. Yes, okay. that's yeah. that kind of lesser used side of the library where there's these lar like large walls and shelves of just like scrolls lined up in like these little cubbies, right? Um, so that's actually 
Eli is going to that side of the library right now. The library is rather large. The ver the particular area he was in, Lucky, I don't think you know where that is. You didn't go there with Eli, but mm. you just kind of want to... So you guys just want to explore that side of the library? Okay. Um, I think you would note that Mordain kind of gives you a look as you guys head off in the similar general direction, uh, but he doesn't say anything. And uh, you're left to roam the library. I think as you do, he does look back and says, Do remember to be careful. Some of these books and scrolls can be quite dangerous. And he continues pushing the cart down one of the rows. Eli, closely behind. Okay. Uh, so, party, you're going in that direction. What are you looking for? What's What's happening here? Dagon leans over. So what am I supposed to be watching for? Uh, more scrolls or? Um, well, I mean, we know we that we know that two of the two spells that attacked us were from scrolls. So maybe we look for some spaces where they're missing, and I can keep an eye on like, you know, stuff on the ground or like, was there any you know feathers by a particular corvum left behind or you know something, something, anything, you know. Secret, secret rooms, maybe. Maybe I mean, we'll listen for a draft or something. Right. Ooh. Okay. So, depending on what you are looking for, and we'll take this as a uh, your general role of either investigation or perception. If you are investigating, trying to find, let's say, something similar to where this necromantic scroll you found came from within this library. That is definitely going to be an investigation check, right? Finding out where the necromancy scrolls are kept, where this one particularly was, and maybe where it was removed from the library itself. If you're trying to perceive a draft coming from somewhere, I would want you to roll perception for that. So let's go in order here and let's kind of pick out what you're looking for particularly, but I am going to take it as a general role for your investigation as a group of the library, okay? Um, so let's let's start with Lucky. Lucky, what are you what are you looking for in particular? Uh, and we'll roll based on that, and that'll be your general role for the for the investigation here in the library. Yeah, I think Lucky, uh, unfamiliar with most libraries or finding hidden rooms and stuff like that, more is looking for uh, like almost in a tracking manner, looking for anything that has been left behind or dropped by anybody who's been back here. Um, okay. So just in case anybody was back here messing with scrolls, maybe they left uh, a pen or pencil behind that says their name on it conveniently, you know, something like that. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, that sounds like a, a general investigation of, of the area. So go ahead sure. and roll me investigation, please. I'm going to use my advantage on this guy because I'm good. sure my eyesight is extremely caffeinatedly heightened. For uh, the moment, yes. Let's <laughs> take advantage of that situation. Oh, wow, 19. That I am very a, glad I did that. <laughs> a natural 20, uh, reduced to the 19 based on your uh, intelligence score, but very well rolled. Okay, so that's that's what we'll take into account for Lucky here. Uh, Dagonet, what are you looking for? I guess he would be trying to feel a draft. Okay. Or if there's any area that might Something be that seems of out of place or... Yeah. Weird for you. Sure, roll me a, a perception check. You're keeping a general eye out and feel out here for something that's 
uh, out of the ordinary. That's an 18. That is also very well rolled. Excellent. Okay. So we've got Dagonet keeping an eye out. Lucky. Nose to the floor. Uh, eyes hyper-dilated in the darkness here from the caffeine. Uh, Pez, how are we rounding this out? What are you looking for? Uh, ooh. Mm. She's gonna look for anything out of the ordinary, like magic-wise. Maybe try and detect magic spells, see if there's anything that's just a little, little wonky. So detect magic will allow you to sense the presence of anything magic within 30 feet of you for the next 10 minutes. Uh, so absolutely, you can make use of this. Um, I remember the last time you've done this. Uh, it is a lot of these books and scrolls are magical in nature anyways. Mm -hmm. So what are you looking for when you cast this? Uh, everything that's been bad has been kind of necromancy related. Right. So anything okay. that pops So up. instead of having to understand the cataloging structure here, you're hoping that you walk by the row that's got necromantic scrolls. And you can feel the energy of those through your detect magic spell. Absolutely would be able to do that. Sure. Um, so that's going on as well. But while you've got that happening, because it's just a concentration spell that you're doing, what are you on the lookout for while this is happening? Mm, I'm I'm going to keep an eye out as to where, like, just the necromancy scrolls are, but I was kind of going to look around and see if anything necromantic is maybe out of place, like, not where it should be, if that makes sense. Like, if there's maybe it wasn't catalog correctly or okay or hidden things um let's go with perception you are perceiving through your spell certain things so can you through the the magical haze of all of these things overlapping on each other find those pinpricks of necromancy 15 it's a good roll that's a good roll um okay so we will definitely take that into account while you're doing your uh, investigation. But for the moment, before I re reveal anything here, let's go find out what Eli and Mordain, the librarian, are doing on the other side of the library. So, Eli, you follow Mordain uh, deeper and deeper into the library here until you find what looks to be, yep, a bunch of empty cubbies waiting to be filled with scrolls. Mordain begins explaining how these are cataloged. It is confusing, and you think probably overly complicated, and to do this correctly, you're probably gonna need a little bit of help or practice, or roll me an intelligence check. Thirteen. Better than the average bear. Your intelligence modifier is not super duper high. Uh, to understand Mordain and whatever is going on in that notebook and brain of his, uh, the DC is slightly higher than that. But you're following along okay. You will be a an adequate pupil for this, but you definitely need some some guidance on on how to do things. But you and Mordain begin cataloging each of these scrolls. What you do for him is you pick up the scroll. You find if it's in a language you understand. You find out where it is, you read out the name of the scroll, and if you can get any kind of feel of what type of magic it is off that, Mordain is like this steel trap of knowledge for knowing what each of these scrolls is once you read the name off. 
knows exactly what type of magic it is, what's it supposed to be doing, and writes it down in their notebook, and then takes it from you and puts it in a particular cubby. As he does so, he makes a note there, and you read out the next one. And it goes on and on and on like this for, for a little bit of time. Uh, until Mordain pauses, and he says, Ooh, I could go for a spot of tea. Uh, do you mind if I uh, step away for a moment? Yeah, tea sounds actually really lovely. Uh, I'd like that. Oh, sure, I could absolutely bring you a cup. Oh, I couldn't make you do that. I'll just join you. Okay. It kind of gets that, like, a weird furrowed feathered look, but doesn't protest. And you follow Mordain away. We bounce back to our three investigators. Uh, we're going to call this the gang. Uh, Eli is now Scooby. So we, f we go back to the gang. And they are going around in a very methodical fashion based on Lucky's investigation here. And Lucky has taken their knowledge of tracking things in the wild, and especially the swamps, and how literally muddy it sometimes can be finding anything around there. Especially slimes. They don't really leave a whole lot of trail anyways. But methodically going through each of the rows and trying to find any little piece out of place, Pez keeping the detect magic spell up as long as you possibly can i think the search itself will likely take a total of an hour or two to really get through the entirety of the library here but with a quick walk down and forth back and forth as you guys have decided to just try and pinpoint any of the areas that might have necromancy in it you do find what looks to be the designated area of magical necromancy scrolls there's a pretty good lot of them the Avium is a very complete place, and the library is extensive. You've got two shelves either side of you, two large bookshelves, each with cumbies filled with what you can feel is this kind of inky, black feeling from your Detect Magic spell, unblocked by anything else around that once you step through the haze of the Conjuration and uh, the other types of spells that you can see. So you found that. The rest of you are looking around for any hide or hair of something out of place. Dagonet feeling for a breeze. Lucky, you go up and down the necromancy section, and you note that there's a couple of scrolls missing out of here. Which, mentally, per this investigation score, absolutely tracks with what you found spread around. It's not necessarily surprising to you either that someone utilizing these scrolls would be able to cast necromancy that maybe they don't even rightfully know. But it leaves a little bit more questions than answers. Yeah, the scrolls came from here, but what does that mean? Who took those? So you start investigating the area a little bit more closely. Hands and knees, trying to find that pencil with someone's name on it. Any type of thing to really tip you off that something is going on. When Dagonet notices out of the corner of their eye a servitor skeleton arching down the far wall at the end of the bookshelves. And another. And another. And another. Another? All marching in a line somewhere deeper into the library. 
I think that's where we leave you guys off, trying to decide what to do with that bit of information. And when we come back to that, see if anything else can happen. Eli, you follow Mordain to, well, a back office where they've got themselves a, a kettle and a small stove and they're brewing some tea for you. And Mordain's going on and on about some nuance of magic and the differences between how religious magic works in comparison to learning what he calls the true art of magic and being able to pull it from oneself in the air and the area around you and on and on and on. Do you want to ask him anything here? Um, I, I think Eli would kind of be going into uh, sort of like talking shop as far as magic goes. I think he'd be talking about like his drawing his power from the domain of mm -hmm. community and whatnot and his belief system and and like what for, each of those rituals do yeah and like yeah. for lack of a better word almost trying to i don't know i feel like eli's <laughs> eli's like trying to outbore him but also like ingratiate himself with him sure okay yeah um Roll me a, a charisma check for it, then. Sure. You're ingratiating yourself ma by making small talk, and everyone knows uh, in in the world if you successfully make small talk with someone, uh, you know they feel better about you. You think you're doing a good job, mm -hmm. um, but us on this side of the table, you might be letting on a little bit more than you intended to with some of maybe some of your questions in the small talk are a little bit too pointed. Maybe some of the the questioning eyebrow raises that you have as you had when you were trying to ask him to go take the scroll somewhere is tipping him off on something is going on here doesn't do anything and he continues to talk to you but you do see his demeanor somewhat change towards you a little slightly less friendly a little bit more suspicious and you have the insight capability of being able to figure that out but you've kept him busy and so we go back over to the rest of the party. Dagonet, what do you tell what do you tell your friends here about these skeletons that have just gone marching by? I don't want to uh, alarm anyone, but I found some more of the the skeleton professors uh, walking to the back. Should we tail? I I think we should. Yeah, 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 I mean, uh, also, have you guys seen where all this missing? There's clearly stuff missing from here and here and uh, here and... Let's definitely trail him a bit, that's where it's going, either way. You're talking, you're whispering too quiet, I can't hear you. This, this necromancy thing, I don't know about it. I like it. I don't think anybody does. Except okay, for the necromantic I... teacher lady. She probably likes it. Don't like but it's her, her job, hair. you know? So, alright. And Lucky's gonna, like, try to, like, head the group to, like, stalk behind the server doors to try to, like, peeping around the bookshelf to see where it's... Yeah, trying to see where they're going. Um, Are you trying to do this stealthily? Oh, yeah. 
now he knows right. that they like at least kind of register him with sure. movement, so he yeah, is definitely somewhat conscious of things, right? Mm. Roll me a stealth check. Everyone that's trying to follow the skeletons, roll me a stealth check. Oh dear. Uh, Dagone, you are in full armor here, so that is at disadvantage. Okay, lucky eight, Pez twenty. Dagone four. We are hyper stealthy today. Uh, as a group, it could be better. Uh, but you make your way behind these skeletons as quietly as you think you are. It becomes clear that Dagonet's full suit of armor is uh, never quiet. Ever. Um, the skeletons don't turn around. You follow them at a respectful distance, but I think with for fear of alerting them to your presence and the sound that you're making, you lose sight of them for just a moment. Towards what you finally find is the back wall of the library that seemed almost infinite from walking around here. And they're gone. They they couldn't have just vanished. Uh, Is there some sort of door or ramp or something uh, that... you you check the walls I'll check the floor yeah, uh, yeah. okay okay lucky just kind of stamps forward like tapping his foot on the ground for any sort of like hollow sounds or whatever on the ground <laughs> so you're gonna start looking for some kind of hidden door of some yeah kind. lucky's like looking for a hatch on the ground and I think Dagonet's got walls so yeah. Okay, so uh, Dagonet Walls, investigate for me. Oh, investigation. Investigating, I know. Okay. It's taking a closer look at something, not noticing something. So a three. Lucky. Go mm. ahead and roll me investigation. <gasps> a 13. Okay, so. Dagonet, you're having trouble. Every wall is lined with books, shelves. You can't even see the walls. Everything's in the way. Incredibly hard to see past them. And you, if you start moving all these books around, it's hard to find anything. Lucky, you're again nose to the floor, looking around, seeing if you can't find any hide or hair of a trap door of some kind. Well, you don't find a trap door. But at the very end, one of these walls that Dagonet is attempting to look at behind one of these shelves, you see scrapes? Maybe? Scrapes that could be left by something swinging in an arc. Like he's going to attempt to go back to hand signal mode just in case his pen is listing. He's going to be like... We tried to get them to come over and look at it. No, no, no. Come, come, come. Dagon, he like cleans the pez. He wants us to sweep the floor out. It's not time to clean. Just come here. Just come here. Just come here. Just come here. What, 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 what is, what is it? He's like, do you know, do you see this? He's like pointing out the 
kind of stone grate on the ground or grate grating on the ground where it's you're talking about kind of could yeah. be a door swing like it could be i think this is it guys I think this is it he's gonna put his ear to the wall like try to see if you can hear some like sound that's not the sound roll of stone check. i don't know roll me a perception check <laughs> An 11. You remember Eli telling you that this place is magically dampened of sound. It is almost impossible to hear anything but the own blood pounding in your big old ears. Uh, maybe if I uh, try pulling the, the bookcase uh, forward, the might if it will open, it might open. I mean, just well, yeah. I'll help you. You know, I guess. Yeah. So, what are you doing with the the bookcase here? You're trying to move try it. And let, yeah, like pull it forward, like as if like you're kind of moving it. Okay. Moving it. Um. How how much effort are you gonna try to put into this? Still got a good strong back, you know. Like athletics check worthy of effort into the pulling the yeah, he would, the bookshelf. He would give a good, good effort. Pull me athletics check. I guess when would you stop? That's a twenty-three. <laughs> I pick up the bookcase and I put it down and I move it over here. <laughs> <laughs> You try to move the bookcase and pull on it and and all the books on it are kind of shaking around. Some of them fall off on the side, but the bookcase doesn't budge away from the wall. It doesn't move. It seems to be attached in some way. You start pulling harder. More of the books start shaking. Some of them keep falling off. Um, Pez, roll me a perception check. Four. There's a lot of shaking going on. You also note that, man, even you can hear all this stuff happening in this magically dampened area. Books are falling all over the place. Mordain's gonna be so upset they worked so hard to catalog all of these things. Dagonay, do you keep pulling? Yeah. Eventually you start hearing like, pow, and like a nail pops out from one of the sides, and it looks like one of the sides that Dagonay's got hold on to has disconnected itself from the wall. Dagonay, do you keep pulling? Sure do. Without anyone stopping them, Dagonay is going to remove, God. remove the bookcase from the wall picks it up and places it over there. There are nails sticking out from the back of it, big, like, I'm, I'm talking like, oh God, big masonry nails, right? You put them into stone walls. Books all over the floor. <sighs> yeah. Well, uh, the wall's open. You can see, you can see the wall now. What would you like to do? Uh, Lucky's gonna try to find a, the starting point of the curve, I guess. The scrape on the ground, kind of. Mm -hmm. Roll me another uh, investigation for this one. Sweet. Oh. Four. Oh, it's tough. 
Oh, it's tough. You saw that one part and you could swear that this was a door. It would be right here. Lucky's probably like muttering under his voice about Dagonet having now over scraped the scrape that was on the floor. So now oh, there's yeah. many scrape and it's like. It is <sighs> muddied. The wall itself, if you were going to try to find like a hidden door seam, there's just holes in it now where nails used to be. Some of them are still in there because the wood was just ripped right through them. It's all kinds of trouble. Um, I'm gonna try. Can I try, try, try to detect magic again? Okay. Might as well, I guess. Well. Uh, sense magic within 30 feet of you. Use your action to see faint aura, visible creatures, and objects in the area, and you can learn School of Magic. The spell can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Are you trying to see past the wall or just your immediate area? There's just anything around the wall, in, around, look up, and down at the floor. I look up, I look down, I look up, I look down. Um, okay, sure. Uh, you look around, trying to find something. You can't see anything past the wall, which to you tells you there's either no magic there or it's more than a foot foot thick worth of, of stone. You do note that there's something interesting on the back side of the door or of the excuse me of the um why can't i think of bookshelf anymore of the back side of the bookshelf that was torn off the wall so you walk around to the other side of it where it had been placed over here and you go and you take a look at it and huh you see a small rune etched into the wood right below a book one of the few remaining books on the shelf. Book is sitting up straight. Doesn't lean to either side, though there's nothing supporting it. Well, uh, Rune looks somewhat familiar to you. Oh, you have something really similar to this. You have a chime of opening. It's got runes all over it that look like this. To remind Pez and everyone else, a chime of opening is a hollow metal tube that measures about one foot long and weighs a pound. Strike it as an action, point it at an object that can be opened, such as a door lid or lock. Chime issues a clear tone, one lock or latch, the object opens, unless the sound can't reach the object. This is something that Pez has had in their bag for... God, Lucky almost episodes. died breaking into that door. <laughs> yeah. I have that. Oh, so it. chime of opening, oh, if I no. take a look at who's got access to it, it says in player journal Malaveth. Oh. I didn't realize I had that. Yeah. I Was that a part of her the stuff on her robe? Uh, oh no the but a door is. You have a door. The chime of opening, I believe, was picked up um, at some point in time during the uh, bandit arc. 
when you guys were visiting the bandit stronghold. That's so funny. Well, it's okay. It's okay. I've I, had to hide like eight times. I, I forgot that. I had the cloak that would help me hide. So here we are. Here I, we are. I magic items. I love that seeing the rune is what reminded Pez. I, yeah. I think that you know what? That's RP right there. That is the long. That's that's a long game of RP. And Malaveth, you nailed it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yep. Malaveth pulled it off. Uh, but Pez, you do recognize this. And you slowly, from one of the deep pockets of your robe, pull out your, oh yeah, time of opening. It's got five uses left in it, as you remember. Oh, hey. Hey. Uh, got some news. Some good, exciting news. Uh, maybe, maybe we should put this back. There's, there's a magic, there's a rune on the back. Yeah, I will it. Uh, I don't know if it will go back quite the way it it, it was, but uh, I, I can at least place it the where it was. Do you place the bookshelf back where it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You place the bookshelf back where it was, kind of shuffling over the amount of books underneath you, needing maybe a little bit of help from Lucky and Pez to maneuver it from one side now because you're going to trip on something. And you put it back? Sort of. There's nails sticking out, so you're like kind of off kilter on a couple of the sides, but, you know, pretty good. Agna, you are very strong and, and the best and uh, so great. And look at you. You're wonderful. I'm going to take out the chime thing. I'm just going to chime in. Well, okay, I was yeah. going to do this thing, but, 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 should we get, should we get Eli back here? Are we going to, are we going to like, because it seems like it's it, you know? That, that is true. Yeah, well, we, we shouldn't go on uh, without them, especially if the door closes and we don't know. If we can, I don't even know what Eli is, you guys. I don't even know if I can find my way back here. Mm. Well, we can go check and see if he's still cataloging. But what if he ran off to try to find scrolls too? We can light a flare. I wish I had some way to like tell him. Like, I wish I had, like, a... Can we, can we, like, tear a page out of a book and, like, write a message on it and, like, paper plane it to him or something? Well, well, fun, funny thing. Um, I, I have I have a thing called message, but it, it only works if he's, like, relatively close and... I don't... How big is relatively close? Like, one mile? Five feet? Why wouldn't you just tell him right next to you? It's, it's feet. Uh-huh. That's a number. Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up. It's 120. 120! That's pretty good. That's a good amount of distance. I mean, do you, have to, do you have to know where he is? Or is it just kind of like you send a message into, like, the air and he might catch it if he's, like, uh, within a certain amount of feet or something? I think it's just in his general direction. It's generally that way. What do you put in your message? Hey, Eli, get your, get your butt in the back. 
We're in the back. Get your butt back here. Eli, you feel a weird tingling sensation as you're continuing to help Mordain catalog these scrolls, listening to something inane and probably not correct, but it's Pez in your brain saying, Eli, get your butt to the back. And you feel prompted to respond to the message. I can think it. I don't have to say it out loud. You can think it. I think it's fine. I'd have to check, but I don't care. Uh, uh, in a whisper, only well, you can hear. I don't know that it says. Um, it says, did y'all find something? Also, how are you doing this? I haven't done message before. Can I respond? Did I or do it again? Or? You do it again. It's a. It's free. It's a cantrip. So it just takes you six seconds to do again. Meanwhile, Lucky's just like looking at her face while she's and, just. Yeah, you're just holding this like small piece of copper wire and pointing in a general direction. Magic. It's magic, yeah. It does have a vocal component, so you're like muttering something under your breath the entire time. Uh, but your message can be whatever you want it to be. Magic stuff, but it's. I don't know. But just get, get back here. In, in the back. Scoot. All right, I'll figure out a way out of this. Um, I think Eli will let Mordane finish his thought and and just place a a book where it needs to be or finish whatever part of cataloging he's doing and uh he'll are there windows in the library at all or no no it's underground there's no indication of like what time of day it is no hey uh Mordain, so so sorry to interrupt yes. do you do you have the time Oh, yes, I am quite adept at knowing exactly what time it is. Also, I have this lovely watch. And he looks down uh, at his watch, uh, and I believe you guys would have been down here for a couple hours now. It's probably noonish. Oh, shoot. I, I am so sorry. I just remembered I need to... I have an appointment with... um with the divination instructor that I needed to meet. Um, it'll probably be about an hour. I can come back. Oh, that's no rush. No rush. I do appreciate your assistance. I may be done with this, but back at my desk, if you're willing to help some more, I'm glad to have you. Um, of course. Do enjoy your time here at the Avium. Of course. Uh, thank you. I, again, sorry to cut this so short so quickly. And Eli is going to um, sneak to the to the back, hopefully. I mean, he's going to exit and then sort of like duck behind a bookcase and just roll me stealth. Oh, boy. 17. 17. You feel pretty successful on this. And you find your way to the back, where eventually the party and you meet up. 
And just as Pez is about to chime the chime and attempt to open this door where the strewn about books in this bookcase are, and Eli, you see the destruction that they have wrought, we're gonna take our first break and resolve that when we What come the hell back. happened? Thank you for watching Diefall Alderheart episode 22. We will be right back in about three to five minutes. Go get a snack, get a drink, and otherwise. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again to Diefall Alderheart episode 22. Tonight's episode, once again, is sponsored by StartPlaying.com. Games. If you're looking for a professional DM in a game that maybe that you haven't played before or want to play or have a group of people that you want to play with, but you don't want a GM, well, you can find one on startplaying.games. There's amazing games, professional GMs, and you can just start playing. Head on over to startplaying.games slash you slash diefall or click the link right underneath the stream here or in the description if this is on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, you can catch up on all of our Dungeons and Dragons stuff on the YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash runawayrobot. Or in podcast format over on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud if you just type in Diefall. And please leave reviews and otherwise there because it helps us out a whole heckin' lot. <sighs> I'm ready for this to continue, and hopefully you are too. We will be right back. Welcome back to Diefall Alderheart episode 22. We find our party in front of a somewhat destroyed, uh, disheveled bookshelf area where Eli has successfully snuck away from his volunteer duties with the librarian to find absolute chaos has happened back here. And now Pez is standing in front of it with a metal rod hang handout pointing it at this wall and this bookshelf. Um, take it away. Gonna catch you up. Lucky found a thing. And then Dagon found a thing. And then we all found a thing. And now we're gonna open this thing. Are you ready for adventure? Why did you rip the and he looks at Pez, he looks at Lucky, and he looks at Dagon and is like Why'd you rip the bookcase off the wall? Well, we expected a secret to the door and uh well, we did discover a, a secret door by removing the bookcase. Uh, just maybe not the way that one would uh, normally expect. Look, all I'm going to tell you is it was pretty satisfying to watch, especially with being so frustrated lately. With, you know, the feeling like we don't have any help. It was kind of just like, yeah, we're at the bookshelf, you know? So, like, I... Well, as long as there's actually a, a door behind this thing, I'm a little less mad. Of course, you know. It's for discovery. You ready? Yep. Let's let's see your door, Paz. Do I just dingle the chime and just go bling, and then? Uh, yeah. Basically, you strike the chime. Uh, it issues a clear tone, and one lock or latch or object opens, unless the sound can't reach the object. You're in a dampened area, but it has a range of 120 feet. So you're fine. I think it'll reach there, even if it's somewhat muted. It'll have a significant amount of. It's a magic item. It's fine. You're not totally silenced in the area. So go ahead and mark your chime of opening to only have four uses left now. You should be able to edit that page. If not, let me know and I will fix that. It can be edited by, yep, there it is, Malaveth, done. Um, and this kind of, ding, 
resonates out and vibrates. And if we were in an animated cartoon where we have woodland creatures acting as heroes, we would see that there's these like ripples of waves of sound that reach out past the uh, the bookshelf and hit the wall, and we hear like a clunk. And the door begins to try and push itself open into the bookcase that has been dislodged from it. The bookcase begins to tilt and tilts farther and it starts falling down. Do we allow this thing to crash to the floor? <laughs> Dagon will try and catch it. Dagon, hey, go ahead and roll me some athletics yeah, to catch this thing and move it out Eli, of the way. If Eli sees Dagon do it, Eli's going to help because he doesn't want Dagon to get her. At advantage, Dagon Stop the bookshelf from collapsing. That's a 10. You do your best. It doesn't impact the floor hard, but you do find it that it's now resting against another bookcase and the impact from it does like shake some books loose from not only this one, but the one on the other side of you. And we get that moment where it like teeters back and forth. And we're going to see if we get that domino effect from all of the bookcases ca going down within the library. <sighs> but even the books have a sigh of relief when the bookcase does not fall over and you're able to maneuver this shelf to the side. In front of you stands an open doorway. And you hear a And after about 5 seconds, Oh. I think we were supposed to uh, walk through that. Yeah. Um Pez, can you do that again? Yeah, it, it's only got a certain amount of uses, but what else are we going to do? Break the wall or something? Just going to look at Dagonet. <laughs> Eli looks at Dagonet. <laughs> well, wood, I'm comfortable with it. Stone, I'm not so sure. Fair enough. Get, get another one of those espressos in you, and we'll see if that changes. <laughs> what I know is <laughs> my mold earth would work. Uh, Mold Earth doesn't work against st fixed stone, correct? Uh, do, 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 do. Colors. I know we've gone over this a couple times, and I forget every time. Uh, I think it makes dirt or stone. I think okay. it makes stone rough terrain, right? That's what it is. Yo, never mind. Okay, well, let's do it again. I think it was one of those like if it's loose like gravel, we could move it. But if it's packed like a stone wall, we can make it rough terrain. But Yeah, that's what it is. I think we've okay. made this area rough terrain enough. I just... Yeah, there's a lot of books all over the place right now. Um, and now there's like a shelf in the way behind you. If you were trying to escape from this place, it'd be rather difficult. So you want to chime of opening this again? Yep, yeah, yeah, ready? We're going to run through real fast. Boop. All right. Ding! And again, we hit the ripples of the sound waves, and we hear... And this time, fully opening against nothing in the way, except for maybe some books on the ground that it kind of shoves over uh, to the side, sweeping them out. Uh, it reveals an opening. It's rather dark in there, but 
you go, right? Yeah, Lucky definitely darts in. I, I get it. Okay. You all make it inside. It's about five seconds that it remains open until behind you. You note on the inside that there is, well, there's a lever here, and it looks like you would be able to open it from the inside at least. It seems to be the outside portion you guys didn't maybe figure out so well, but hey, chime of opening, that works out pretty well. So you're now inside. You and your companions find yourself in a small hallway. Uh, dimly lit by motes of magical light, which float in slow, random patterns near the passageway ceiling. The hall before you continues downwards into darkness. Twenty feet ahead, to your left, a door has been left open. Sound falls away behind you of any type of hubbub that you might have had in the avium, and your left in the somewhat dark silence of this hallway. I knew that bastard was had something. I just hope there's no reanimated elk or ghost shadows down here. You like eyeballs is in shadow? Behaving normally? Roll me a perception check. <laughs> It's dark in here. Shadow's mm. hard to see. What a 23. 23. <laughs> Make me be able to find my own shadow. <laughs> well, you do. But it's like one of those things when a dog discovers that it has its shadow, and every time it moves, the shadow moves. So you kind of yeah, like, like jump around and stuff. Because you're noting that with the motes of light kind of floating around you, the shadow's moving as well. So you're just like, wait, is it moving because the light's moving, or is it moving because it's alive again? And you're just poking and prodding and doing everything around. But you note that it stays firmly planted on either the wall or the floor and doesn't seem to exhume itself from that location. Lucky mud is something about, I got my, I got my eye on you. Stay there. I, I think the shadows are safe. You could swear that it flicks you off, but you're not sure. This place is weird. <laughs> so it'll kind of start. He'll probably pull out a torch, frankly because this is too little of light for him, and we'll start yeah, to try to move down the hall. It, we'd call it dim light, um, yeah. so you'd have trouble really discerning a whole lot of things as you move out of the darkness, so having a torch isn't necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, pulls out a torch you, and starts making his way to the open door. Yeah, you you go to the, the open door. Um, you take a look inside. Yeah, kind of like, not like full-blown body in the doorway, but just like, yeah, 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 you peek in. It's a mm -hmm. small stone room. It smells kind of musty and old. Bookshelves line the walls, though they're mostly empty. There's a table against the right wall. A cushioned chair sits in the middle of the room. Most of the furniture is old, except for the chair, which appears to be new addition. A wooden door lies to the left. The room seems clean, may have seen recent use. There's also a amulet hanging on a hook on that door. There's nobody in there, guys. Should we go in there? Yeah, just careful of any, like, runes on the ground or magical traps. Right. He's gonna... Lucky's gonna precautiously make his way to the table. 
So you go over to the table and you see that it's free of dust. He's gonna, it seems clean. It's gonna like feel this table for like drawers or anything. Would there be anything? Oh, you want to investigate it for? Yeah. Me? Yeah, go for it. Roll me investigation. Sweet. Mm, that's intimidation. Excuse me. Sorry. You yell at the table. You better and you have tell something. it how bad it is. <laughs> and you say you open your drawers wouldn't, right now. Wouldn't intimidation be what she did to the desk? The, the other, other the other table. Yeah, the other desk. <laughs> Work. Oh my god. He's like telling. He's like you telling this table. Did you hear about the table upstairs? The other table. Do you do your table talk rumors? The only, <laughs> the only center drawer ejects itself open and inside with surprise, as if it had a tongue. Uh, it's full of paper and pens. Do I... Could I... Uh, Lucky's gonna try to look at this paper and pen if there's any writing on any of them. They seem to be fresh sheafs of parchment and ink <sighs> and nibs and pens for writing. Uh, you do note there are some envelopes as well. This be where someone would write letters. You guys see anything? I just... There's just some stuff for writing letters over here. Do you guys see anything here? There's an amulet on the door and a yeah. wooden door. I think that's about all the rest of the stuff that's in there. Um, the amulet. Yeah, Eli would walk over to the amulet and take a look at it. Oh, interesting. Ah. Huh. It looks familiar. Whoever would like to, roll me an intelligence check. Eli with a natural 20. I think this is fitting. Because Eli had just spent the most time with Mordane. This is a pendant you've seen on Mordane every time you've seen him. It's small and purple and kind of like this diamond shape and this purple, small purple gem in the middle. That's Mordain's. Was he wearing it like literally moments ago when I saw him? And you saw him. This is this is Mordain's, but I mean, I just saw him wearing it. Could I, they have multiple? Well, it's not like the the amulets that uh right. It, it's separate from the amulets that like the like the faculty and everything have? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, when I, when I, maybe I spoke too largely of amulet. When you say amulet, you think of a larger thing. It's more of a pendant, like a, a small piece of jewelry on a necklace. Okay. Um, but it is definitely independent from the avium crest, uh, amulets that people wear around here. I don't. Well, that means he definitely knows about the space, right? Well, it's gotta be his. Space, right? I mean, he must know. 
What? A, so this is just a side room with a door open. Are there any other rooms back here? There is a door that this hook with this pendant is hanging on. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the door to the room. Okay, yeah, no. no Eli, no, no. Eli would try that. Door. Yeah, Eli would try that door then. It's you find it unlocked. You open it. Yeah, just carefully, slowly. It opens slowly and somewhat creakily. Inside, you find spinning slowly Mordain Swiftgale, the librarian, standing upright. His eyes are closed like he's sleeping, surrounded by a field of swirling gray energy. Looks somewhat viscous. At first glance, it looks like he's not breathing. Uh, folks, I, um, uh, is, ooh, is there like a scroll or anything around? Uh, perceive it for me. Okay. This is 14. 14. Is there a scroll or anything around? No. Um, if you wanted to use this perception to investigate Mordain more closely, you can, but you will have to interact with whatever this field is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's more like, is is this field emanating from anything? Not that you know. It seems to just be surrounding him. Oh, jeez. Um... Look, he's like, wait, 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 wait. And if DM will allow it, can we... Can we have a packed a waffle to come with us? Herpes's suggestion previously. Oh, we absolutely! Oh he takes out a God. waffle and he like tosses a waffle into the field to see if it's gonna react. Just okay. You toss the waffle and it kind of like we watch it like land somewhat near Mordain's head and it hits the field and just kind of stops and gets... and then as if falling through a large vat of jelly slowly falls in and then contacts his face and you watch as like a little syrup runs down his feathers and it just spins along with him inside. And, it, and the waffle doesn't seem damaged or anything? It seems to just be being held by some kind of stabilizing force. Dagonet, you want to try and pull him out with me? Should we try and get the Dean? I mean, this is... This is... Uh, well, the, the waffle got stuck. Uh, what's preventing us to be uh, stuck in with uh, with him? Uh, is there anything that we can do with uh, the amulet? Uh, I don't know about magics, uh, but... Uh, I don't know either. It was oddly on the door. Yeah. Normally you put it on uh, in a jewelry box uh, or a hook on the wall, not really uh, on the door. Do you think it has something to do with this like magic field around him? Like it could be like making it happen? Well, the, the, there's one uh, here and then there's one on the whoever is up uh, up there in the the library right now. Should we should we like break it or something? Well, it wouldn't be the first thing we broke today. I mean, if 
if if this is the real Mordain, if you could excuse me for assuming, but if this is the real Mordain and that's not the real Mordain and breaking this thing breaks that thing, I don't think he would be angry about it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um may, maybe it'll dispel it. Um duh, uh, uh. As the more magically inclined person in the group, Pez, you please make me an arcana check. Oh boy. Five. Five. You got nothing. It's a weird kind of jelly field. The waffle seems to be upright. It's some kind of magic. You're not able to tell right now. It's a bummer that your spell ran out. I could try it. Should we put the amulet on? Should we see if that does anything? We could try. Yeah. Can I borrow it for a second? Sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. As you now hold the okay, and you put it on instantly. Pez has assumed the form of Mordain Swiftgale. Glasses and all. What the hell? What? You're not the librarian. You're him. Ew! No! Don't want... Take it... Nope! Take the animal off! As soon as you take it off, you resume being Pez. So why do they need multiple Mordains? I I think this is a backup in case whoever that is out there breaks their amulet or something. Maybe there's two people working together. Or that, yeah. Well, first things first, I, we got to get him to safety, but we also have to deal with whoever's out there. I Uh, I'm gonna, I can go and try and get the Dean. I mean, Mordain, I don't think, was alerted to my absence. But there's uh, quite the distance to cross the the library and then up to the Dean and then back without... I don't even know if we can trust the Dean. I don't know if we can. And what do we do? Do we... We could always try like I did with the U's in the cave, you know, and like, I could... I have these pivots still. I could pivot a rope under the wall, reach in, grab him, pull him out if we can using the rope, you know? I'd be willing to try it. Yeah, we could try that. Just so long as none of us get trapped in there. And I hate to be the person to say it, but Dagonet, don't tell anybody I said this. You're the strongest of us. Um, You definitely can take Steve. He's very trusty. And we'll pivot you in the walls, and then... I do trust Steve. I think the three of us would be able to maybe have enough strength to pull you back out in case we have a hand signal for like it's not working get me out i can't breathe or something i don't even know if you can breathe in there well uh, hopefully that uh if you do like living, this uh, then... do this over your head or something if like you just start... oh. that's provided i can move my my limbs <gasps> if something goes wrong can you can you cross your feet we'll keep your feet out just in case well, I'm not great with footwork, but I can try. 
Um, okay. All right, look, he's going to, like, set up. I mean, it's going to be loud, but... In between some bricks on the wall with his like pivots to to try and try to rope down and then tie the Steve around the Dagonet for the grabbings. <laughs> yeah, you can pipe into the wall. It's mm. totally fine. Uh, it makes a good amount of noise. Yeah. Um. You tie the rope to the python. You tie the rope, the Steve to the to the Dagonet, and you're good to go. Huh? Do you have anything yeah. you want us to tell anybody in case you get stuck in there? I don't really have anything to to say too much, but I guess uh Pez is good I... at remembering stuff. She could sing a sing a song to like lost loved ones or something if you know we can't get you out. I uh, I guess uh tell Eliza I, I wish her all the luck in her endeavors at her shop. I think we. I I feel like Lucky definitely has a fond moment of like, oh yeah, Eliza. <laughs> oh yeah. Aww. It was an age ago. Agne, <laughs> you are very strong, very brave. You got this, no problem. We're the best, and you're the best, and you're so beautiful with your feathers and stuff. I'm just gonna give Agne inspiration. Hell yeah! All right. Plus a D six. All right, uh, here goes nothing. I also cast Guidance. <laughs> I just remembered I could do that. Guidance has been cast. That's a D4 as well. We're all remembering things we forgot. <laughs> like Eliza. Oh. <laughs> no, I never forget Eliza. <laughs> It's been a while. You guys haven't called. You haven't written. <laughs> Could be dead on the road somewhere for all you know. We did say goodbye. We were leaving. <laughs> yeah, didn't say bye. Stop. <laughs> all right, Dagonet, what do you plan to do here? How large is the jelly field? Like how de like the depth of it? From Mordain. The the waffle is mostly still sticking out of it. Okay. So I can plant my feet on the safe side and reach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's pretty encapsulated, <laughs> so let's let's call it like maybe an inch, inch and a half or something like that. It's oh, not okay, like a okay, whole okay. lot. Mm -hmm. yeah, it seems to be very localized on him. Yeah, he'll just kinda like, I guess, take a good stance. A good sturdy mm -hmm. stance. Nice horse stance, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then forcefully reach in so you can kind of grab and pull. Yeah. You reach in, you grab, and you pull, and it feels kind of jelly-like. Cold. Yeah. It's not comfortable, but it's not awful. You grab Mordane and you drag him out easily. He's still covered in the field. You just have entered it successfully, I suppose. Mm 
So now what? I'm going to try and shake him and see if I can wake him up. How about you roll me a medicine check? <laughs> Let's do that. 13. Ordane appears to not be breathing, but he's unconscious. You check his pulse like you would on the battlefield. It's beating incredibly slowly. He doesn't wake when you shake him, and it seems the field is very distinctly on him as you remove your claws from his body, extracting your feathers. None of the field comes with it. It all stays on him. Well, it uh, looks like we're going to have to find some else of removing uh, it. Uh, can't be really be pulled out. He's, he's alive, uh, if barely. I, I, I think we might need somebody with magical prowess. I, I think we need the Dean. I, I know there's questions of who we can't trust. Can and can't trust, but uh, the only person I know for sure that we can't trust is whoever's stealing his skin right now. True. I, I think don't know we what definitely else to do, and I don't want to hurt him. I think we definitely should tell him, but I think we should definitely keep the the, the brochure secret, it, like yeah, just in case course. you know. I don't yeah. know if the, I don't know if the deans are not a need. I'm still not settled with him not caring very much or not seeming to care very much about a lot of the problems around here. So, I, I, I know, but from my discussion with him, I, I mean, he was fairly forthcoming about the issues in the in the avium I really do think he's trying to keep everything in a relatively panic free space but uh, I don't know all I know is right now this man needs our help and that's the only idea I got because this yeah. is way above my magical pay grade do we bring him to the infirmary Maybe we bring the infirmary to him. I am just worried that uh, the Mordane look alike if uh, he sees we didn't exactly subtly uh, come down here. What would prevent that person putting real Mordane or some version of yeah. Mordane elsewhere uh, while we're I mean, going? Between, between our broken bookshelf and noise, I'm sure they... Might have an idea we're down here anyways. I think between the four of us, we might be able to at least drag him out into the library. I mean, what's going to be better better evidence than seeing the two Mordains in one space, you know? Hmm. Should we keep looking around here before we go out there, though? Because those servitors went somewhere. That's where, true. Where are those at? Maybe there's something... Uh... Down the hallway, that could help. Uh, he had to get like this uh, somehow. What if we put the Mordane amulet on this Mordane? Would it become like double Mordane? I don't know if I'm too comfortable with that proposition. One Mordane's enough. 
And now I'm already uncomfortable that there's two. Maybe more. Maybe we poke our heads down that hallway. We'll definitely try. Uh, what else is in this room where Mordane is, if we look around a little bit? Uh, it The room is mostly empty. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna be as of note for you. There's nothing here. Just in case somebody's got a key to lock the door to come in here, should we like move the table in the way or something? Just afraid we're not gonna get we're gonna get locked out. Then we're not gonna have access to this. I guess real Mordane, and then we won't be able to prove anything. You know. That is true. Uh, I guess I can move uh, the table. Or... How does the door look? Its condition on its hinges. Okay. So you place the table in the way? Oh, no. We choose asking about that door. Oh, the door itself? I mean, mm -hmm. the door is functional if you wanted to use it. I'm not sure. You could just Doesn't remove the door. Close. Oh, okay. Door is removed. Easily pins enough on for the hinges a carpenter. And... Yep. Easy enough for, for a carpenter. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what next? I guess we find out uh, quickly uh, what else is down here and then try and help the real Modenas. Uh... Should we bring that evil nasty amulet with us? Yeah. We don't need a, a third Modane coming up uh, to us. So... Yeah, we definitely need to keep that with us. Evidence. We're building the case. I mean, if anything, we can always use it to show whoever's in charge that, you know, like we approach them as Mordain and go, oh, something's wrong. I'm not Mordain, and that guy isn't either, and can't take his up, you know. Uh, I don't want them thinking we're in on it. <laughs> well, that would be a pretty cool reveal. Yeah. I mean, I imagine the stuff that's been going on here has been going on previous to us even being here, so. I agree. I, d I definitely don't want to get you know, in trouble with this place. But, uh, yeah. As I'm sure we already are, frankly, with the bookshelf and the armor and the stealing of the book and the window and the other window and the desk. <laughs> Just, like, listing out all the stuff we've broken. <laughs> we will worry about the itemized bill later. Yeah. Put it, it on the council's tab. So, you guys take the pendant, and you want to head deeper down? Yeah. Okay, so you exit this small, let's call it a study, where they were writing letters with pendant in hand. Uh, who has it? Who puts it in their pocket? I think Pez had it last, so I don't know who took it from them. So whoever grabbed it. But you don't you don't wanna I'll I'll carry it for you all right. <laughs> Excellent. You go back out. Um Yeah. 
The hallway itself is roughly 10 feet wide, and as you continue walking along it, you note that these magical motes of light follow you through the area, continually providing you with some dim light. The hallway proceeds, turning at regular intervals, until it ends at a closed door. Light is coming from the crack underneath it. Before we, before, before we, you got, before we open the door or anything, be warned. Lucky's just gonna like put on the brooch and stand in front of the door. Okay, now they won't know it's not us, or it is us, or whatever. But it, but it comes out as, no, they yeah. know it's not us. <laughs> Lucky also looks to be roughly a foot and a half taller now, larger. Yeah. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Lucky, this is probably your worst nightmare, but like... This is hilarious. <laughs> you know that as you've traveled down here and at your now that you're at this door, there's this unmistakable smell of death. And it seems that all ambient sound has quieted. It smells disgusting down here. <laughs> Lucky, I hate this so much. I feel like Lucky's own voice in his head is still just, you know, like it just it smells so bad down here. And what you guys are hearing a difference, so he's like, What are you what? I mean, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh I should I open the door? Are you ready? Do you got your shield? All right. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Just like try to open the hinge. Just to like see if it's unlocked. Okay. It is indeed unlocked. I imagine. So he's, in my brain, I imagine him opening the door and, and trying to go through it lucky size and then realizing he's much bigger. So he's like snagging on the edge of it. Like, oh. You don't snag because it is not physical and yet only an illusion. The physical size of you has no corporealness. I met the door. I was like, whoa. I know. <laughs> All right. He opens the door. You open the door, get on the floor, and you open up into a 40-foot wide, 80-foot long classroom. There are five servitor skeletons and one dusk corvum looks like this. <gasps> this, for everyone, I'll, I'll make it bigger for those of you at home. This right here is, uh, please let me zoom in, Mr. Oddwald Ebenhart. And you note that they stand at the top of this, uh, let's call it a platform, uh, in an area here. And I'm going to need to move all of you guys to a 
New map, so you can actually see. As you walk in, and let me situ situate you guys so you can see. So hopefully you can see now. But Oddwald Ebenhart stands at the top of this small stair. He looks down, he's just, you, you know what, what you're doing. You must stop, leave now. No, you should stop. And Take ready? off that stupid pendant. No. <laughs> like, sound ridiculous. <laughs> Who the hell are you? Ah, I don't have time for this. Time is running out and you've been meddling in my schemes all along. We have to fix this. We have to fix it. D take care of them. And Oddwald runs and disappears into this side room. That I'm gonna move this so you can actually see the map now. And these five skeletons. Well, I'm gonna need y'all to roll initiative for me. My, my token wasn't selected. Dang it, <laughs> I dude! <laughs> I always forget. Come on! I mean, I'm happy to select it and re-roll away from that four if you would like me to. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's actually less effort for me if you do that. So do yes, to do just it? go ahead and do that. Congrats. Ought to be less. Wow! Never mind, I lied. Did the same thing. Do the same thing. Oh my god. Yes, just do it. This is the only time. I'm never letting it happen again. Oh, I got an 18. Can I keep it? Yes. Jesus. I'm sorry. Just... This is it's like the same as like, oh, it was cocked. Yeah, all right, we'll say it was cocked. It's fine. Rigged. We'll just, we'll just go with that. Rigged game. Rigged <laughs> for the PCs. Oh no, we are successful. Oh no. All right. So let me uh, go ahead and order this into descending. Looks like Birdfolk Skeleton number one, potentially a former professor here, is going to hobble out and is going to try and jump the ba banister here. Uh, let's see how he does. Dex. Oh, not bad. He lands it perfectly. It continues onwards. That's 5, 10, 15. He ran all the way over here and he's going to try to talon you. 15 Dagonet. No. That's, yeah, I know. You're full armor and you've got your shield out this time. This is, uh, yeah. Okay, lucky. Uh, wow, weird 20. Where'd that come from? Uh, go ahead and uh, decide what you're going to do here. There's some skelly boys in front of you. These are, uh, well, former teachers probably, but uh, it's uh fine. Do they all look like alerted? Like I could expect them to come over here kind of thing, or is it just they, the immediate yes, rattling They all them? seem okay. to be, uh, from what you could see in the room, they all seem to be following the orders of that Dusk Corvo. Okay, if you'll allow me just a second. Mm -hmm. Um, let me see. Okay. Uh, Lucky is very confident 
And Dagonet's ability to potentially handle this one that's close to him. So he is going to Hunter's Mark, the one he's looking straight in the face at across the table. Yeah, sure. Uh, and he is going to, let me see. He's going to, pre- I think I have to prepare Hail of Thorns before I attack. No, it's a bonus section. So never mind. He's going to shoot uh, right. the one in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, without Hail of Thorns because you're using your bonus action for Hunter Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So go ahead and shoot. <laughs> you are no more <laughs> are you are you still him too? So you guys note that like Mordain's arms only come up this far and then do this, and there's like a bow down there, and he's kind of drawing it from his belly button area. <sighs> 15. Uh, a fifteen is is enough to hit. Yes. All right. So this plus a d six roll, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So ten piercing damage, and then uh, six. Uh, Hunter's Mark damage. Three. Oh yeah, three. You hear okay. you hear him go, uh, no, and then kind of sidestep over. As there. with <laughs> most piercing weapons against all of these skeletons that you have seen previously, uh, it is less effective than you would want it to be, but it does still indeed deal some good damage, right? You did 13 total damage, and you note that, like, you spun off, like, one of its arms. It's basically half there now. Uh, you did a significant chunk of its health here. Uh, okay. Please tell me yeah. the other arm, the arm that fell off is just like... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, it's just kind of like... <laughs> like... I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's crawling under the table towards Eli right now. So, uh, next... Wow, did you guys all roll underneath the rest of the skeletons? Oh, that's crazy. This is going to get really kind of jumbled over here, isn't it? All right. This birdfolk skeleton is going to s- sprint for a birdfolk skeleton and jump off the edge there. Do, that's a I four. Do. He lands on the ground uh, okay. prone. Don't forget to put Mally in the zoo. I'm leaving my... Don't forget to put Mally... Oh, I thought Mally re-rolled. That's my bad. Oh, sorry. Oh, Mally has an 18. Yeah, I thought yeah. I thought you rerolled. No. That's my mistake. Uh, at turn eighteen. Thanks, Scorch. There you go. Okay, cool. Uh, so this one ends up prone. That's it. That's its turn. It's done the thing. Uh, Pez, what would you like to do? I wanna cast. Uh, oh, that one's already down. Okay. I'm just gonna do. It is gonna do fairy fire on in a cube. Okay. Starting. Uh, which, which area would you like to do it in? Just give uh, me a ping. So you click hold and it'll give a ping. Yeah. Is that the area? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it'll affect, uh, I believe, everything in the area. Twenty foot cube, like all items, all people. Oh, there's a dexterity saving throw for it Mm -hmm. in your cube. Okay, so what's your what's your dexterity saving throw? Uh, because twenty is everyone. My dexterity saving throw. Right, right, right. So spell save DC or is it spell save DC? Okay, yeah, that's fourteen. Okay, so I need everyone to roll me a dexterity saving throw, and three of the birds have to roll dexterity saving throws here. One, two, four. Excuse me, four of the birds have to. Uh, so, fail. A. 
Pass. Fail. And pass. Okay. Uh, Dagonet, you fail. You are now lined with fairy fire. Uh, things that are trying to make melee attacks against... Yes. Sorry. I, I meant to start it, like, right towards kind of the middle, so the one that's by Dagonet would be at the edge of the cube, and then downwards okay. from Okay. I'm sorry. I there. saw your ping here. No, was sorry. Like, oh. I wasn't okay, so... sure I was going to try and draw a cube, but that didn't work out. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so where Dagon... This one's the end? Yeah, that one's the corner, so and then... So it starts left here. from there. Okay, so only the birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops, gotcha. <laughs> Understood. No, I just need to roll one more save here. Uh, and it does indeed save. So two of them have failed, and they are lined. They are marked with the red there. Uh, for the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light, and any attack roll against them will have advantage if the attacker can see it. So, Dagonet, don't worry about it, but the one in front of you, you have advantage on now. So, there you go. Uh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, anything else you'd like to do, Pez? Just gonna give Eli a little bit of bardic inspiration. Eli, you got this, you're gonna do the bone things, use the, the weapons and the magic, and you got it, no problem. Excellent. Perfect. Okay, Birdfolk Skeleton in the back here is gonna clamber over a table and sidle on down some stairs here. You know what, it's, it's doing its dang best. It ends up right here. All right, next skeleton. This one though, this one is <laughs> That doesn't know where to go. It's kind of just bumping into this one here and it's not, it's not going well for it. It doesn't know what to do. Um, it's gonna try to like squeeze in here, and it does so, so it attacks. 23, Dagonet. Yep. All right. Somehow finding a chink in the armor. <laughs> there you go, four piercing damage. All right. Uh. The last bird folk skeleton is the one that's been hunter's mark. It's gonna sidle around the edge here and it's gonna try to attack the gerbean that attacked it first. Yeah, that's a 10. Nope, all right, Lucky goes unscathed. Eli, it is now your turn. There's a lot of undead dudes in front of you. What would you like to do? There sure are. Um, all right. I am gonna... Step over here, and uh, I'm gonna whack this fella with my where is it? My mace. Okay, whack him up. Nineteen absolutely hits. Yeah, uh, you powderize this one, and it instantaneously dies. Its head explodes into a bunch of powder, and you probably killed some tenured professor. Well, I didn't. You didn't have to say it like that. Um. Eli is gonna, uh, you know what? I don't need to do any acrobatical thing to squeeze past this, right? No, it's fine. All right, and then I'm gonna go over to these two fellows. Yeah, the one that's uh, prone on the ground, the other one that's there. Sure, absolutely. Get ready, and it's uh, oh, my turn. Right. Cool. Uh, Dagonet, what do you wanna do? You got two bird folk in front of you. Skelly, <laughs> skelly boys. I sure do. Right, yeah, he's gonna whip out his quarterstaff. Yep. And do the swingy swings. Swing. On the one that I've got advantage on. 
Yeah, absolutely. 17. Definitely hits. Please roll damage. Uh, yep, you're one-handing it now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it goes down. It just instantly gets pulverized and goes down. Um, <laughs> you know, these are not very good combat creatures. Uh, they are pretty weak. They're getting powdered pretty easily. And, uh, some of you skilled fighters are making short work of them. Uh, okay. Dagonet, anything else you would like to do here? Uh, he's gonna stand on the bones of this hole. Yep, go ahead and drag yourself on top of it. Professor. And that's the dead one next, so Lucky, it is your go. What would you like to do here? Alright. Lucky's gonna make his way back out and kind of crawl up onto this table here to get a vantage point. Sure, yep. Uh, now on top of the table. Move his hunter mark to this guy. Okay. And fire on him. Go for it. Oh, God, I should be back on my core page. Yeah. An eight. An eight does not hit. I think it gets tangled up in a bunch of bird bones, but doesn't necessarily contact as well as you want it to. Piercing damage really kind of sucks to try and hit these guys. Yeah. You're unable to get any purchase on it. Oh, shoot. He's going to stay there. Okay. Uh, the skeleton in front of you, Eli, uh, stands up. Still lined with this fairy fire, but it does stand and it tries to talon you. That's a natural one. I think it probably ends up back on the ground. It like trips over its own skeleton bones and ends up on the ground. Poor fella. Okay, Pez, what would you like to do? I'm gonna scoot right by Dagonet and just kind of peer over like, just stab that one with the sword, just like, nope. Yep, go ahead and stab. Nope. That's a that's a natural one. I, you get it like kind of tangled up and you spend the rest of your turn trying to extricate your dagger from the area. You got a Dagonet. Just pat Dagonet on the head. <laughs> get that dagger out of there. Uh, anything else you'd like to do? Okay. Uh, next skeleton. Uh, attacks. Uh, Eli here. That's a 20, Eli. That'll do it. All right. Five piercing damage. Five of them. As you get poked and prodded. Okay, uh, that's that bird folk done. That's the other bird. Okay, this one's gonna, I think Dagonet is pretty well on the way here. Uh, so this is not gonna attack um, Pez. So it's gonna try to Talon. That's a 23 against Dagonet. It's two 23s. Another five piercing damage with its little bony talons. Oh, death by a thousand cuts here, huh? Uh, okay. Uh, this one is dead. So, Eli, it is your go. Uh, I'm not gonna worry about the trippy boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing at this one. Okay. Poor, poor little fella. He's his own worst enemy. He's doing Ooh. what he can. As an eight, uh, you are unable to get past it. This one seems a little bit more nimble than the others, and it slaps away your mace. Ooh. Okay. Dagonet. Lego. Alright. He's gonna take another swing at this 
poor professor. This poor professor. Yep, go for it. 24 definitely hits. Six bludgeoning damage. Yep, just like the one before it. Instantaneously powderizes it as you take it out right around the hip area. And it crumbles over to dust. Poor guy. Uh, anything else you want to do with that? Bonus action or otherwise? Movement? Yeah, scoot over there. Okay. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Lucky, it is your go. What? He's just going to jog in and fire. Ooh. 23. Yeah. 23. I'm um, assuming the one with the hunter's mark. Yeah. Yep. So nine. Wow. Okay. And a one. And one. So 10 total damage. Again, not doing nearly as much as you think it should, but it does leave a pretty good mark on this one. Yeah. Uh, cracking off a couple of its bones here. He looks Anything at Dagonet like and gives like a little now bird handed thumbs up. Ooh. Yeah, you get a bird clawed. Ooh. Okay. Uh, bird folk skeleton. This is the one that's on the ground. He's going to try to stand up again. He gets up. He's going to try attack Eli. Yeah! It's a 15, Eli. Does that hit? Yeah, okay. I think, yeah. You have your shield out? E yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay, it hit. Yes, you have your shield out. Yes, it hits. Wait, I don't understand. Why is this What's like your... this? I'm sorry. I'm. My armor class is always messed up. Um, A 15. Yes. Yeah, that meets it. Okay. Four piercing damage. I don't know why I don't have my AC attached to my or my shield attached to my AC. Oh, that's weird. Oh, okay. Uh, probably because I took it off when we stopped using our stuff. I'm uh, maybe put that back before I confuse myself again. Maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, it stays to lock itself into battle with you. Pez, what would you like to do? You got dusted bird bones in front of you. Just gonna scoot around those who don't want to step on it because it might be spiky and that would hurt your feet. Yep. Uh, and then I'm gonna try to stab the one right in front of me with the sword again. Stab. This time for sure. That's a crit. Oh. That's natural twenty. Yeah, that'll that'll do. That's six more damage. Again, it feels like it's not doing enough, but you're able to like chip off some bone. So, you know. Watch out. That's it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. That's. Yeah, that was a minimum damage roll on the first one. That's tough. Uh, but yeah, okay. Anything else, Pez? Nope. Alrighty then. Uh, this one is alive and lashes out at Dagonet. That's a seven. It does not connect. Uh, this one is dead. Eli, it is now your turn again. The list is getting shorter. Uh, I'm gonna try and swing my mace again. Which guy? Oh my god, it doesn't matter. No, it does because one has advantage. Not that one, because I still would have been going for the standy uppy boy. Well, they're both standy uppies, but okay. Oh, yes. are they? Oh. Yes. Yeah, no, I would have. Wait, which one attacked me? The one that has the red marker on it right now that it has advantage, or you have advantage against. Okay, I know this is going to sound like some metagame bullshit, but I would have attacked the one that attacked me. I thought he was still prone. I don't know why. 
Negative. He is up. Go ahead and roll it again. I'm a fool. It's all good. 18 definitely hits. Please roll me some damage. Oh my god. Wow, it's like it's doubly effective when you bludgeon these bones and it crumbles in front of you and dies. Now this like pile of bird bone dust is glowing faintly with fairy fire. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. Uh, there is one remaining. Uh, Eli, is there anything else you want to do? All right, Dagon it is your go. What do you want to do? Are you swinging at this last poor professor? Yep, you are. All right, go for it. Yeah, that hits. Go ahead and end it. I think minimum damage already does too much, so yeah, this one goes down. Uh, and a quiet falls upon the room. You know, now it's a classroom. And there are sheaves of paper and books and chalkboards filled with calculations. And it looks like maybe some of these skeletons were doing work and calculations and reading things. And, huh. There's a lot in here. As you dust yourself off from all of the bone powder... What would you like to do in this room? Where? Was he teaching them? Considering the students aren't allowed down here, it, uh, it looks like they uh, were teaching the professors uh, or they were trying to have the professors relearn or something. We go chase after. Yeah, that, that guy. Oh god. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Lucky. I love how it, in my mind. I feel like Lucky is unconcerned by it. She's already trying to chase this guy while you guys were talking. But I don't know if it's a fast or slow run. <laughs> Maybe it's fast, but it oh looks my god. slow. Lucky, I don't lucky know. Lucky speed, Mordane. Yeah, it's like Naruto running. Just like, but like the arms are really low at their sides because they don't go out much. So it's just kind of like they they bend up like this. God. Uh. Okay. So are you making your way after uh the Corvum here? Okay. So we're not gonna take any looks at this area right now. That's fine. Uh, you run up to where the Corvum disappeared. Uh, and you note that there's a stairwell that leads downwards even further. Um, yeah, and you, do you go down that? Are we going hastily or carefully? Hastily? Like with haste? definitely hastily. Okay, with haste, we go down. Uh, you go down deeper into what turns out to be some kind of laboratory uh, there's an assortment of bones strewn across tables and foul smelling liquids bubbling in in pots and i need to grab all of your tokens rather swiftly here so i'm gonna do that hang on don't don't mind me i'm dragging you all to a place where i can grab you uh yoink and on you'll be able to see yourself in just a moment 
Let me know when you can see yourself. Yep, okay, cool. Uh, Foul-smelling liquids bubbling in pots. The stench of death is gut-wrenching. And as this door, well, because I need to actually open it for you, lies open in front of you a large, terrifying creature lurches towards you. A hulking monstrosity of bone and sinew. It appears to be comprised of hundreds of bird folk bones. <sighs> Jumbled together to form a roughly humanoid shape. The arms end in several talons intertwined into circular claws. The creature's face is made from the tops halves of two bird folk skulls, one atop the other. It gazes at you with its four empty red eyes and emits an ear-piercing shriek. To the side of this thing stands the Corvum, and he's, you don't know what you're doing, you need to go! Please leave! Why are you doing this? I have to fix it! I have to fix it! All of this research, all of this time, I have to fix it! Fix what? The fire, the monster, it will burn down the whole wood. I have to fix it. We're, we're trying to do the same. We're on no. the, no. we were coming here to research that. I've seen you and I've seen how you work and do not have the power nor the smarts to figure it out. This is my problem and I need to fix it. What do you mean it's you? What do you mean it's your problem? Take off that stupid pendant! Ooh. <laughs> the aspect, it's immortal. The only way to defeat it for good is to drain its energies through necromancy. It is worth any risk. You don't possibly understand what we need to do to fix this. You are just in the way. No, and he starts to draw a bow at the monster. <laughs> this this is a wrong. <laughs> we can we can work to fix it together. This problem affects the entire wood. It is my responsibility. I am the one that caused this, and I will be the one that fixes it before anyone else gets hurt. Wait, you caused it? I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. You do not understand. Leave now. I like we should all just sit down and have a little talk. There's there's plenty of time. Let's just let's just chat this out, you know. What do you mean caused it? Did you summon the aspect? <clears throat> voice and a voice that could lead me to something that could save the wood and so I called to it and it did things and Ash Barrow was burned to the ground and my friend poor Riffin they lost their families and their homes and there is no time and I need you to go if you do not leave I will end this here and now 
still don't understand how I've this had is enough. <laughs> Kill them! And he's going to run again, disappearing through a door in the back of the room as this conglomeration of bones, sinew, muscles, and bird <laughs> lunges forward at you. And I think that's a good spot for us to end tonight's episode. Thank you for joining us on Diefall Alderheart, episode 22, the unmasking of whatever the heck this is, and, uh, well, some kind of weird bone bird folk skeleton golem thing. So I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, it's been an excellent time. We're going to do some shout-outs. I'm going to say some words about sponsors and stuff, and we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Uh, that's right. I said I was going to start in a different location today. I said it in the post-show, so now we're going to start with Miss Simply Jackson. Simply, where can the people find you at? And what was your favorite part of tonight's show? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> This new character I have acquired. Now, um, I, that's that's been really fun to kind of like have Lucky know that he's annoying other people with this and still have fun doing it. Um, uh, my name is Sibla Jackson. I'm a variety broadcaster here on Twitch. I make art kind of like what we started on stream yesterday, which is this Medusa, which I'm excited about continuing working on the next time we stream, which will be Saturday um, after I work. But other than that, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash simply a underscore JXN or on Twitter without the gen underscore, not gender score. I don't know where that came from. Um, and I skip. <laughs> this, this guy keeps running and I'm just like, why are you running? Like <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's out. He's gone again. He's gone again. Uh, Lady May, where do people find you at? What was your favorite part of the show? You can find me at various places at the Lady May, uh, Twitter and Instagram and and Twitch maybe one day and here playing Dagene, and uh, <laughs> the the Dory whale voice of New Mordain is definitely by far my favorite thing of all tonight. <laughs> it's very it's very very good and thank you for playing and thank you for ripping apart this stupid library that I've had you guys stuck in for like <laughs> 10 episodes. I do actually appreciate that. It's getting kind of annoying. Rob, where can the people find you out? What was your favorite part? Uh, uh my favorite part was Dagonet ripping the bookshelf off of it. And the fact that I knew with your perception check you asked Pez to make that Mm -hmm. Pez could have seen a book not move. Uh-huh. And I love that she missed it and just everything fell. Uh-huh. I part part of me wanted the library to domino effect, but a bit we a bigger close. part of me was like, nah, that'd be so bad. We were close. Um Yeah. You can find me uh, on various parts of the internet as bonus stage rob or bonus underscore stage underscore rob. I play a monster of the week campaign on twitch.tv slash game nights that is game with two g's and nights with a k um that's every sunday at 4 p.m eastern and when i'm not doing that i am going into a mordane swift gale like jelly like cocoon until paper mario releases uh in the middle of july 
So wait, that's uh, that soon? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. So cool. I'll be hibernating. That's not true. I'll be streaming something else on Twitch until that day, but it'll it'll most likely get dropped. But that's at twitch.tv slash bonus underscore stage underscore Rob. Okay, bye. Thank you. Ms. Malaveth, I know now you're last in the list today. Uh-huh. Where can the people find you at? What was your favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing was using a spell that I had the whole time that I haven't used yet. That was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then and mm-hmm. then Eli showing up because of that spell and then everything was a mess and we wrecked it, but we also found some stuff. So it was productive and also a mess. So that was great. And then you can find me on, I mostly post on Twitter. I do a lot of art. I draw a lot of stuff, mostly D&D stuff. I'm um, adding a, a boob windows on to tactical outfits now. So dude, that's- I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. I want dude boob window outfits. I need so at good. least one to wear on stream. That's what I'm doing, and I'm going to start marketing myself as such. That's how we do this. It's your identity <clears throat> now. Yes, thank you. Mm. Nice. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt good you. Stuff. I was very excited. No, you're good. I think that's about it. And I draw stuff, and sometimes I stream stuff. It. Excellent. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, thank you to my cast. Big thank you. And big thank you to our sponsor, Startplaying.games. Uh, if you want to find yourself a professional DM and play a game that maybe you wouldn't play otherwise or join with your friends and meet someone who's very good at their craft, then head on over to Startplaying.games. I would prefer you would use Startplaying.games slash you slash diefall because that means good stuff for us. And if you want to play in a Humblewood game that is affected by all the decisions made here on Diefall Alderheart, well, you can join one of those games that I'm going to be running in the coming weeks here. Uh, and I wholeheartedly suggest it, and it should be a good time, and you'll get to play with these tokens and these maps and all of these things and be in this world. So that's kind of cool, and thank you again to start playing uh, to, to for sponsoring this. Uh, if you guys would like to support the show directly, you can head on over to uh, patreon.com slash diefall. Uh, and you can kind of become part of the part of the show with questions and NPC names that I have definitely absolutely grabbed for things, especially naming our favorite book. Uh, that that was what was it? It was it's no. Oh God, what was his name? It's no. It's, it's no it's, malarkey. That's right. It was malarkey. Oh my God. Yeah, we had an NPC named Malarkey, but it's great. It's all fun. Um, thanks for being here tonight. I super duper appreciate it. And we're gonna record a Patreon post show because that's something that you can get from Patreon. Thanks. Bye-bye.